Hey everybody, and happy new year, and welcome to Pod Stallions. I am Brian, and with me to the left is the Captain Peacock to my Mrs. Slocum, Jason. Are you available, Jason? I am available, and I was going to ask about your cat. My 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 yeah. beloved your beloved cat. Uh, feline. The cat. Talk about beating. Cats. Talk about beating a joke to death, but it's somehow it's still funny. Um, right. Like I giggled just now thinking of that joke because my brother-in-law used to do this, you know, really good Mrs. Slocum impersonation. It became. I think it became that it wasn't so much the jokes were funny anymore. It was the absurdity of getting it into a sentence around <laughs> to to somehow find a way to say that word. That people were laughing at. It wasn't that, that it was. The, they knew the joke was coming, but it was like, oh my god, you guys twisted yourself into pretzels to to get this thing. To, you could say the word again. That's how ridiculous that that show got. And, and that, yet, that opening banter is uh, a perfect segue for what we're going to talk about. Today, that is the best of 2022. Our retro awards. Uh, we just pick the best things from movies and television and anything we've read or listened to um and it it well you know the deal we're gonna hand out fake awards yeah it's not gonna yeah. be quite as organized as it was uh last year but as we all know award shows are out of control now yeah, so yeah. and matter. and we're both on meth which has really helped meth. out on our productivity but maybe not on our cohesiveness or yeah. choices we shall or see ch- choices what oh well i mean what we thought was the best of the year meth can sometimes oh oh, yeah 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 and 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 i i know i know you're listening jason yes so so what uh what what category do you want to start with what do you want to go well i think um why don't we start with television because it's something that i probably did the most this year i got into some serialized television okay and and um yeah, that that would be the one I can speak the most to. I think this year right. because I, I when we when we get into other certain subjects, I want to talk about some genres that have disappointed me this year. All right, hit me with your your best shot, your best. Uh, All right, uh, the first thing I would like to mention is something that I ate with a spoon and enjoyed it, and that was both seasons of a show from Nacelle because they make everything now. Uh, the Icons on Earth series they did. Uh, one season about Star Wars, which I honestly thought I do not want to watch a show about Star Wars. I am Star Wars out, riveting. And then the second season was about the making of The Simpsons, mm. something that I knew very little about and, again, enjoyed every single episode. I couldn't <clears throat> wait for a new one. They're both on Vice, and they're just really well done. They're really well done. And um, I loved hearing for the Star Wars one, I loved hearing uh, Marsha Lucas's story, mm. which I'd never heard in this detail because I think it's a bit like a Jerry and Sylvia Anderson thing where they are not on good terms, you know, and um, history is written by the victors. And whether or not, you know, I, I take it with a grain of salt, some of it, but I do kind of think that she was a, you know, uh, probably a really valuable uh, asset to his team mm-hmm. and a huge loss when they broke up. Yeah. So. She, uh, she guided a lot of, a lot of stuff that most folks don't know about for sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did they also do the one, the show about like <laughs> the Chris Farley, the true story? 
that's on Vice. The Dark Side of Comedy? I don't know if they did it. I did watch all of those. Those are just unpleasant. Um, just, just like, I, I, I think I watched some of the Farley one just to see how absurd it got with the, with the reenactments and the fucking interviews and stuff. And I just went, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I can't watch I, Yeah, I, I watched um, all of them, but I think the one that stuck in my mind is the Andrew Dice Clay one. Mm. Um, I I really didn't uh, think that was um, really well done. They they okay. I, I'm not going to defend Andrew Dice Clay's artistry. I've always thought Andrew Dice Clay kind of sold himself short. He was actually a talented comedian, and then he became this character, and the character was kind of meh. But you know, it was huge for a while, and then the yeah. public's you know, it became old yeah. and it, it's never going to come back. <laughs> you know, he, I don't even think he would believe that. Um, and he's moved on to other things and, you know, he's shown some stuff. But the, 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 the tone of that one was a little too much like and the bad man went away forever. Mm. And it's sort of like, yeah, the public wouldn't buy that anymore. You know, like the, it was a very... It was a, it, 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 I felt that it was kind of pushing it like a little too hard that, you know, this, this was something, it just, it, the fad died real quick. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, well, I don't know how much reenacting was in that, but it was, the, it was the reenactment stuff that I was just like, yeah, this is yeah, taking yeah. a new level of life. It, it, it takes me out of the oh, moment too. You know, coming off the elevator, Chris Farley and everybody, you know, like you don't see their faces, but you see kind of silhouettes and you see these, you know, I just can't. it's also just a massive bummer, you know, like I know, you know, and, and I watched all of them. And then like especially the comics that are still living. Yeah. Um, kind of like this. This feels like their obituary. Yeah. <laughs> like you know? Yeah. Really, really scant, really, really dark and kind of scandalous. But it's like, yeah. OK. There's also there's also a wrestling show called Tales from the Territories. Uh, I I I just like I'm not a wrestler. I do not like wrestling, but I do kind of love these ridiculous stories that they tell from the road. It reminds me a lot of that wonderful series uh, Tales from the Tour Bus by Mike Judge. Oh, that show's brilliant. Oh, you know, like I could if that was. I wish there was 10 seasons of that. It's so good, but it's so, so weird and obscure that you're not going to get 10 seasons of it. Yeah. Um, that's a brilliant show. Oh yeah. And so I, I do kind of enjoy the spectacle of that. Cause like I watched every episode of the country and Western season of that Mike judge show. And I yeah. do not care for country and Western music, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's <laughs> you know? it's great stories and the animation just kills it, you know, it's mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. so much. We need, we need more shows like that. Um, yeah. What was what was one of yours this year? Um, well, oddly enough, I mean, I, I watched a lot of stuff. But but I, when I think back to like, I mean, something like uh, season two of The White Lotus, because like the first season of White Lotus, I thought was good. The second season I thought was really good. And it took me a while. I heard that. But but I've... that's not, when I think about what we do, it's a little more I, I try to lean a little more genre. So so things like that kind of stood out. Um uh, you know, a few other, you know, some things that just kind of, they, they started strong and then just kind of fizzled or you realize, you know, you're, you're, you're three episodes into this thing and you're going, nothing is happening. Like, is this going to just come to an O. Henry ending in episode 10? 
and I got to go through all this bullshit to get there or whatever. Um, yeah. But you just show, want to watch the first 27 episodes. Or yeah, exactly. The first six seasons. But the show yeah. that stood out for me that was the best that I watched and that got better with every episode was Andor on Disney Plus. And oh, you like that? Oh my God! It was okay. well, first off, it was, was show run by Tony Gilroy, who uh, did he wrote one of the Bourne films. He did most probably most famous for Michael Clayton, the George Clooney uh, movie, which he wrote and directed, which I happen to love. Um, and, oh yeah, that's a fave of yours. I, I remember yeah, you mentioning that. Yeah, great movie. And he come he's the guy that came in at the eleventh hour to to fix or save Rogue One when it was in trouble. And so this, the, you know, again, it's one of these things where you go, well, is this a story that you really want? Is this a character you care about? Well, no. But if you tell a good story and um, it, it, you know, it's kind of like um, I'm trying to make an equ- equate it to something where it's like it's a it's it's a it's a, you know, a DC thing. Uh, and it's got, you know, this, these two characters, in, but it doesn't ever mention the Batcave or it's got this and it doesn't. Matter. So this is Star Wars. But, you know, oh, there's a stormtrooper and oh, there's a spaceship. But for the most part, it's grounded and it's a story about this rebellion growing. And this one character that goes from, you know, being, you know, reckless and and looking out for himself and a thief and so on to what happens to him and how this rebellion kind of starts to build. And the beauty of it, without giving anything away, I think the 12 episodes, because they're doing another 12 next season, is throughout the season, there are arcs. So it's like the first three episodes is almost like a movie in itself. And then the next three episodes, you know, climax is in the episode six. And then the next three or four, whatever, there's the next chunk of story that is hinging on this event that happens in the the, the, the fourth of that chunk of episodes leading up to, you know, the ending, the climax in the 12th episode. And it just built and built and built. And it's got some of the best acting and best writing and best design of anything that's ever had the words Star Wars attached to it for, for my money. And you get a lot of people that didn't like it because it didn't talk about the Force or it didn't have lightsabers or there weren't droids arguing or whatever. It was a very different kind of show. Like, in other words, you could you could have called it, um, you know, Space Hoppers or something and had nothing to do with Star Wars. It still would have been a great show I've, I've heard that both ways i've heard that said like yeah it, it didn't even need to have star wars on it or didn't even need to have star wars on it. so I, I right i haven't seen i haven't seen one second of it uh my major apprehension was one well, you know that i'm not like a huge star wars guy i like the mandalorian i didn't watch kenobi because i don't think I, my brain can't handle that um and i didn't uh, watched much of the book of Boba Fett because it just didn't interest me. And Andor was like this thing that I didn't really like Rogue One. So I was like, oh, I could care less about this guy. I don't even know his name. Mm. And then my son kept saying, my son, the, you know, the believer in the household kept saying, no, it's, it's really good. And now I've, I've heard that enough that I'm going to probably check it out just because they're saying, well, it's, it's just a really good sci-fi show. And it's like, well, I could use a good sci-fi show. Just, I don't need got, Jedis. It's got you know? great writing. I mean, there's a couple of scenes in particular there's that are that are uh, and like a couple of monologues that are just fantastic. That are you're just like, well, this could be this is just a great drama. Like this is just I mean, we're, we're getting to how this rebellion builds and how we get to the first film. 
Um, but it's dark too. Like it's not a, it's not a pleasant show. It's not, there's nothing cute in it. There's no wacky little sidekicks and things. It is, you know, it is a, an espionage, you know, dark underbelly. And you can certainly see the elements, you know, certainly in Mandalorian and now in this, um, and I don't know how much was taken into Andor, but, you know, for, for 10 years, they Lucasfilm developed that that series called um, Star Wars Underworld that was going to be produced by Rick McCallum. And they, they wrote 100 episodes of the show and all these writers were, you know, living on Skywalker Ranch, you know, writing these shows and coming, you know, coming up with directors. And it was, you know, they kept trying to get it done and it never happened. But it was all supposed to be about not the main characters in the in that universe, but these dark corners where things happened. And you can see a, a lot of elements of that must have been put into something like Mandalorian. And certainly you can see some of it in because, you know, sometimes like when you get to Coruscant, you're you're way down in the belly of the planet where nobody is, where some of these dealings are taking place and, and so on. And it's just a great just a great show fantastic cast everybody in it is great and um it just kept getting better so i can't recommend it enough and i you know for me with those shows with the marvel ones with the star wars ones i'll watch it all i will watch it all i will give it all a chance and not all of them are going to have the same mileage um but i'm you know i'm willing to to watch them I mean, even if they're you know mediocre i just don't like i i got nothing against she hulk but uh, and I didn't I don't know the comic very well. And I but I watched the whole thing. It did nothing for me. I didn't think it was like terrible. But, you know, I still went, OK, well, we're living in a world where we're getting Marvel shows and, you know, Star Wars shows like, you know, I'm that, I'm gonna... that was a real head scratcher to me because I have stuck my head in a She-Hulk comic before and it was um wisecracky and jokey and seemed really kind of well received this show comes on and i i just remember reading comments like i don't want to talk about feelings i you know i just wanted to punch things like it's called she hulk you know and i loved the like you know there was some stuff she said in there where you know controlling anger and that sort of thing when she's talking to Bruce and I was kind of like there was a woman's perspective to it but it didn't feel uh, to me anyways it never it never hit you over that my my thing it it felt schizophrenic to me like one minute you've got a speech like that and the next minute people are twerking in an office yeah it it, 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 it had a it had a silly factor that um actually you know (laughs) after seeing the Eternals um, or m- much of the Eternals. Yeah, finishing. I was okay with Marvel making fun of Kevin Feige and yeah, having I'm, like I was like, yeah, I'm on board for this. And, and you know what? They don't all have to be comic books. We're not all classics. Sometimes you just read one and go, eh, that's okay. Yeah. And you don't, you know, your memory only remembers, you know, the the, the these amazing story arcs. But there's lots of filler in between. And there's nothing wrong with it. And I would rather live in a world where they make more She-Hulk shows than than not. You know, would I prefer a different character or a different? Yeah, I mean, you know, I watched Ms. Marvel too, and I was like, well, that was fine. It was it's not my not my thing, but it was it was fine. I, I mean, this you know, the negativity. You, I can't. Get, I got to get away from all of it. Like, I can't deal with these people that just everything is wrong and everything is everything is <laughs> being destroyed and everything is on fire and it's just. 
no, some things are better than others, and some people's mileage varies on on what they want to watch. So I'll watch it all if they if they give it to us. And the other thing, just to add, because we're in the same category here, speaking of what you said about, because you mentioned a couple of shows that that you liked, um, the ILM documentary on Disney Plus, I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Um, having seen, you know, however many hundreds of hours of documentary things over the years from from Star Wars and ILM and stuff. Um, especially the first three episodes, there was footage in there that I've never seen. And they talked to everyone. I mean, everybody that's still alive that they could sit down for an interview to talk about what these lunatics were doing in Van Nuys in this tiny little warehouse to to do what they did. But it doesn't just, and it takes you, you know, to other properties, you know, then it gets to Raiders, then it gets to Poltergeist, then it gets to, you know, these other, you know, Star Trek II and, and the, the CGI in there. And um, it actually gave me a little bit more, a little bit better appreciation for Lucas. I've, I've always appreciated him, of course, but I think as the years go on, um, you know, there, there, you realize just how many other fingers were in those pies to, 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 to streamline them to get what we got much of the time, whether it's Star Wars or Empire and you know d- different things. Um, but, but boy, throughout the whole thing, he truly is this guy that sees around the corner of what possibilities are, even when someone says, well, no, we just, you know, George, there's no way to do that. There's just no way to, to get that shot that you're thinking. Well, just now nah, think about it for a couple of days, take a couple of days and think about it. Maybe you could try, you know, two days later, they find a way or 10 years, 15 years later, they find a way and CGI is born or whatever. He, it, it was an interesting, um, you know, uh, uh, showcase for, his his finding the right people and seeing around the corner to get things made and get yeah. Things, uh yeah. and the footage, and the footage was great i mean it's really a, a a particular point in time that everything ends up hinging on for the rest of you know history movie history with effects and stuff almost uh, definitely yeah really, I, uh, well, really well done i i my next one the next two i want to mention are sentences that I'm really not sure I believe I would say, okay. but um, and just this is growing as a human being. So my next thing is, I enjoyed a project with Kunal Nanjali in it. <laughs> oh, that is, that is shocking. Yeah, that is shocking. I know, and uh, it was about Chippendales dancers. Ah, yeah. I watched. All with the wife, with the wife, of course. Um, but I was the one who said, "Let's watch the Chippendales show." Mm-hmm. Um, welcome to Chippendales, which um, okay, I'm not into Chippendales, but this story is so freaking good. And mm-hmm. there's a great documentary on Prime about it that I can't remember its name, but uh, I recommend watching that first because that documentary is so good at burying the lead. And then okay. when it all, all right. comes out, and there's like, there's murder in this. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm kind of familiar and, with the story. Yeah, little. I'm not. I was a complete babe in the woods, which is the best way to go into some of these things. Yeah. And I remember when I was on that documentary. Documentary was so good. I was like, at midnight, I was still watching it. You know, I should have gone to bed. And I could hear my, like, daughter stirring around. And I'm like, I really don't want to answer this question. You know, like... Uh, <laughs> what are you watching? You know, cause she does that a lot. And it's like, I, I don't want to explain myself why, you know, yeah, it's a long story. It's a long story. And it's not as interesting as you think. 
so but I, I would highly recommend that show nanjali is playing somebody who barely has any personality and um he pulls it off yeah and um and it, it's a it's a he's the guy's never made me laugh but he's not a bad dramatic actor and uh that's the, that's what's kept me away from that and i and i know how that sounds it's yeah. make it sound like this is uh, you know i hate him more than anybody no of course not but i have i have done my time you know yeah. i have done my time with his twilight zone episode with the the hbo series with the movie he wrote with his wife or whatever and you know um I've, I've done it, man. I, I don't think I can do it's Eternals. Like, I just, I cannot do eight episodes of that. It's kind of like um, some 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 people, I just, you know, it's like a, a who's the guy on um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Like, I don't know, we're going to get there. We're going to do it. I don't know. Well, you Charlie Day? Well, I like him. But at a certain point, I go, oh. I can't take that voice for too long. I just can't. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, always yelling in Philadelphia. Uh, Aquafina is another one that like if Aquafina just spoke in most, of, in most of her parts, if she just kind of spoke, that's fine. But she always has to turn. The, uh, and I just go, I can't. I can't. Because so, I started watching Shang-Chi because I, I realized I didn't give it much of a chance when I watched it the first time. I thought, OK, maybe I should try again. And I started watching it again. I was like, OK, I just can't. There's too many what? things. Oh, I, I like her. But my wife, my wife can't. If something's got Lily Taylor in it. My wife has to turn it off. She did something about Lily Taylor's face. I don't know. And uh, well, you know who Lily Taylor too. is, right? The actress. Yeah, she, she whispers too quite a bit. Yeah, best. but you know what really killed me hmm. was one of our favorite bands together is Baruch Assault. Mm-hmm. And guess who introduced uh, Louise Post and Nina? Um, <laughs> it was it was Lily Taylor. Oh really? So I got to tell my wife that, and she was like, "Oh come on." <laughs> He does. I, you know, I can kind of understand the Taylor thing. Cause she's got a, she's got a whisper. I've, I've realized as the years go on, I've got a real thing with, with whisper voices. Um, yeah. Part of one that was on um, Prime called The Rig. It's a new show about this kind of Scottish or, or northern, you know, these British people on this um, oil rig, and then this fog comes in or whatever. And the woman. From, oh, I saw that thing. Yeah. yeah the woman from uh, Shit's Creek, the the woman, I forget her name, but she's the one who runs the front desk at the. Oh yeah, her right. She's great. And, and who I like just fine, but in this thing, every line is, we need to find out what this is. And if we oh out, yeah, if every single scene and every line is a whisper, and I just wanna, I wanna be on set and go, can we just hold for a sec? Is there a reason that you're whispering all the heaviest lines, or like, we're we're all about to die? Why are you still whispering? And some, and I think Lily Taylor kind of does that. Like everything is, she's a good actress, but everything is kind of in a in a whisper. And well, it's might... a it's a bit it's a bit like um it's a bit like the um they parodied that in Thirty Rock a lot the business talk, like Alec Baldwin versus um what's his name from uh, uh, Arrested Development Devin Banks and he'd be like yeah but, you know they do that quiet whisper talk and yeah I once that kind of stuff gets parodied. It sort of breaks the fourth wall on it. It becomes silly, right? And you can't look at it the same way. So I understand what you're talking about. It's, just, it's distracting. It's distracting yeah. to the point of I go, and Nicole Kidman does it with most of her roles as well. She's always whispering. And I think, why is nobody taking the time to say, what are you, what are you doing here? With this? <laughs> you know, you're just, everyone else is speaking at this volume and you're just, well, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. It's like, what? 
nobody can hear you. Um, okay, so those those are two shows that sort of come to mind. Oh, I got one more. Okay, go ahead. Uh, and this is one that's even weirder than my last statement. I liked a modern Star Trek program. Uh-oh. Yeah, this is me. This is Kirk and Spock and nothing else. Like, I don't care for Star Trek Next Generation. I, like, I don't think they're bad, even though but they're just you, not They're not for me. I don't even know how you get around to watching a new Star Trek show since you've watched none of the others, really. Well, um, first of all, I'm not lost because the concept is pretty simple. What's, which but one? This is uh, Strange New Worlds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's not... You know, I never look. I want to just go on record and say that I've watched the Star Trek continues stuff on YouTube. We we can't go backwards. You know, we can't use 60s everything and and, Tropes. and, and yeah. writing and that type music. We, that's yeah. silly and played out for us. So I get people that like want to go back to that, but to me, that's Branson, Missouri. You know, and and the be- the best example I can think of is a lot of people I know just want Doctor Who to go back to the 80s. And it's like, no, we Doctor Who was a perfect way of bringing it back. And, you know, it, Doctor Who was never perfect, but yeah, it still kept the essence. And one of the things I like about Strange New Worlds is, one, there is not a ton of this ridiculous arcing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the other part of it is. Uh, you can watch it and, you know, there there is some previously on stuff, but it's easy to catch. But the other thing is that they, they take time to breathe, let you get to like the characters, not just shove them in your face and go like them, yeah. but you can see their interaction. And there's even an episode that's basically like a silly episode. And yeah, I, I actually watched it. I watched the whole the whole season. Yeah. Oh, you did. OK. Yeah. And oh, I, then I, I don't. Because I yeah. no, because I I watched you know I gave Discovery a, a go. I, I mm. watched the entire first season. Tapped out after three episodes. I couldn't stand Michael Burnham. Well, that uh, you know what? Yeah. Another whisper actor. Well, I just every, I, if every, you don't watch, like the main character, what are you doing? And she's whispering. Everybody else is talking like this, and she's going, "We have to find out where this came from." And once yeah, we, yeah. And you're like, "What the?" are you doing just just open your mouth and talk like <laughs> fucking whispering um but but i did it just to just to, to do it you know we had the yeah. license at that point we went to the premiere and so on and so forth the second season when it gets into the pike stuff when there's that 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 whatever that crossover however i forget how the story went was this bolt of energy and see i would i would disagree with you to a degree about going backwards no we can't go back to what the show the 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 blueprint of the show but kind of some of the essence yeah absolutely we certainly can go back to and so there was a there was an energy to this season and this crew because this pike that's the whole reason that it got the spinoffs the whole reason why they started making those shorts because it got it was so popular and everybody was so into what they were doing so and i've watched i think i think the part of the third season of discovery i think i watched season one of picard I watched part of season two before I just I just went, I, I can't believe what the millions that are spent in developing and writing these things. And this is what we're, 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 we're being given. Um, and then I was very excited for Strange New Worlds. Yeah. And 
And I, and I, by the time I was like three episodes in, I went, you know what? Pike is the least interesting thing on this show. He's, he's in it the least. He has the least to do. Um, number one gets a little more screen time. He seems to be a little more um, purposeful. Can we just, can we just say that is like some of the best casting I've ever seen? Great casting. Both. And yeah. I, don't, I don't find the guy, the guy doing Spock, the Gregory Peck's grandkid or whatever. I think he's fine too. He's not trying too hard, whatever. No, he's doing just enough. Just enough. But yeah. the problem with it is everyone on all of these shows, Discovery, Picard, Strange New Worlds, everyone's got so many fucking problems and everybody's crying all the time. Like, like the doctor's got a thing with the kid and this other one does. Now she doesn't it's walking down the hall with Spock going, I don't know if I want to be in Starfleet. Oh, well, you know what? Here's an idea. Figure it out. And let's <laughs> you're in Starfleet. Because you're in freaking Starfleet. How, what, what, how is this an endearing character? Like <laughs> everybody's got problems or angst or, you know, my, I hate my dad. I hate my mom. I hate my my you know where i came from or i used to be a vulcan or whatever it's like how about gen x star slam bang adventure that was the point of this show strange new worlds to but i like i did i did like the adventure to feel like a throwback that was the point of this i i the one that i went okay i'm gonna i'm gonna suffer through this and and do it just so i can because you know because there's gems here and there when they got to that planet and Uhura goes down, and whatever song she was singing at the moment, I don't know if it was Ain't No Mountain High Enough or whatever that whatever that song from the 60s that she's singing in the year 5482, whatever, was the key to unlock the 22nd century. <laughs> whatever. It was the key to unlocking this ancient mystery that's about to destroy the universe through song. I went, okay, come on. What are we You doing? sir have no heart. And then, and then the, and then after that was the, let's go to an abandoned uh, station on an ice planet where creatures apparently are living inside humans and bursting out of their chests, et cetera. So I'm going, is anybody trying to come that's a little, Yeah, that's a tunnel. Yeah. That's like... they, they clearly are trying to, you know, like the, the fantasy one you talked about and the goofy one, they are very much trying to say, we're doing variations on a theme from the original series. Yeah. Like like most of them are sort of variations and it looks great. The costumes are great and everything. But Pike was the coolest thing. The dude playing and An- Anson. Um, uh, I like him. Anson Williams. What's his name? Anson, Anson Williams. Yeah, it is. Anson Williams and then uh, Donnie Most playing uh, number one were mm-hmm. the best things about that second season because Spock was barely in that second season of Discovery. He was sort of an Easter egg. And they were they were kind of the prime characters and they were great. There was such like, oh, here we go, because he's got a joie de vivre to him, Pike. But even Pike is now filled with angst because somebody gave him a heads up on how you're going to die. And so every episode he's like there's one where he's washing the dishes and number one's like, hey, what's on your mind? Oh, nothing. Come on. Come on. I know you. What's tell me what's going on. Well, I've been thinking about how I'm going to die. It's like, can anybody just go on an adventure? Can we just have an adventure and not? have to take Prozac and shit? Uh, I, you know what? I want you to go back and watch The Cage because that very first episode, Pike is depressed in Star Trek. Yes. I, I just want you to think and, about that. That's first, the that's very like, first episode of Star Trek and ever, and Pike like, is depressed. And it's not like the classic characters, especially Spock and Kirk, 
were not carrying a weight of of something. Kirk, his mm-hmm. fear in command. Spock, his fear of losing control, and you know, hit the pawn far and all that stuff. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that yeah. every single character on this show has got some major malfunction that we have to hear about, or somebody has to give them advice and say, you know, it's times like this. I'm about to be eaten by a space creature that came out of someone's chest, but I just want to tell you, maybe you don't know where you belong, but you know how you belong. You know, in these little life lessons, I'm like, fucking hell, can we just have a Star Trek adventure? You know, very much like the first two Abrams films, which I think the second one is, is the first half is pretty good because Peter Weller's Oh, fantastic. boy, does that go. <laughs> like, I, and, and I would just, I like, I would, I like the movie, but it does not make any sense. The second one or the first one? The second one. The first one is great. The second, I love the first one. I love the third one. The second one I also like, but it's dumb. Once you get past, once you, Peter Weller is a great villain, and once you oh, get sure. past the him and 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 Khan, which is it never should have been Khan. Like again, but once you get past the when they're in their spacesuits to get across to the ship, which is a great sequence. From that point on, it's it's out of control. So what I'm saying is. Those were adventure films. Kirk was finding his way. Spock was finding his way. But they're they're asides. They're footnotes to the character. Let's get on with the adventure. And, you know, I don't know. I haven't seen enough Next Generation to know how much was adventure and how much was personal problems or whatever. But all, having seen, and, and I'm just saying this, having seen Discovery and Picard as well as, you know, uh, Strange New Worlds, boy, there's just a bucket full of, I never fit in. I don't fit in. I don't know where I belong. I don't know who I am. Well, you know, my dad died, you know, two years ago and blah, blah. It's like, oh, my God, the, the crying. You should see the crying on Discovery and Picard. It's you like watching the Simpsons episode. If it's a Lisa one, you're going to see tears. It's out of control. It's like, God, can everybody just how'd you guys get into Starfleet? There's a character <laughs> in the second season of Picard that it, there's a time travel aspect. And there's a character, this woman that's an astronaut that's going to be the first, you know, manned, so that, so the term, you know, person space thing to Jupiter or something like that. And she's got PTSD. She's an astronaut who's got PTSD and keeps having these breakdowns in the, in the capsule, the test capsule. Well, tell me a space program <laughs> on the planet that would take a chance with uh, an astronaut that has PTSD and can't flick the controls. But it's yeah, all- okay. I, I will, I will admit that was, uh, that destroyed that, um, uh, Sandra Bullock in space movie for oh. me a little bit because it's like yeah um, no one you know she's all like man I don't want to go to space they would yeah. just replace you <laughs> her first line in the movie is like I really hate space I never liked this well you could have yeah, there, there was a hundred other people who wanted to be in space and could have done your job and you hate it so what are you doing out here yeah. I have at this point on I have no sympathy for you I hope the debris uh, knocks you into oblivion. That's literally like somebody driving in their brand new free Maserati and you're they're like, I don't like the color. Yeah, you kind know? of. It's like, oh, God, that that scene with the new Uhura walking down the hallway with Spock. That was the best scene because Spock went, could I make a recommendation? You know, why don't you yeah. stick it to butt? You know, he yeah. basically says, like, maybe figure out what the hell you want and step aside if you don't want to do this. Yeah. Like she does it. At the, she's invited to dinner with the captain. For the first time. And she's kind of getting hazed by some of the crew. Like, oh, you're going to do And then, what do you think? I don't know what I want to do. I don't think I want to be in Starfleet. Oh, good, good move. Having dinner with the captain. Nice. Really, really smooth. 
you know? And by the way, why are they doing dishes? Don't they have a machine that can do this? Why are they using a sponge? Anyway, let's move on because now I've given my review for something that wasn't even my top thing. So are we on the show? That's okay. That's what we do. Yeah, we, we can go anywhere you like. I don't know if I can think of another show, to be honest with you. That's fine. Um, that certainly certainly genre related. I don't. Oh yeah, the other one I want to oh. give top praise to is that toy shop on tour. Those guys killed it this year on YouTube. I hadn't I hadn't seen much of them. I saw the Jonathan Ross one. I thought was astounding because he oh. was so. It was just a once in a lifetime thing. John, Jonathan Ross just from the yeah. moment they show up, he he never stops talking and takes you through this room with this exquisite merchandise that he has. Oh yeah. This knowledge that he has like he's just one of those guys you just spin the top and he goes um yeah, i guess that by the way i interviewed those guys a month before they launched that on my channel and uh they said oh yeah we've got a special christmas treat it's a celebrity and i went i know who it is and off they didn't want me to reveal it but off camera i says john ross I like, yeah and um it was great no, oh it was great. so good that guy has so much cool stuff um the other um, thing probably would be the newest series of inside number nine i know i say this every year or two when a new series hits but they had six new episodes for series seven i believe mm-hmm. they just dropped a christmas one that all of them are up on BritBox. i know i go on about this show a lot but it is to me that again the best anthology series since the twilight zone and they you know once again um completely different storylines in each one from you know slapstick silliness to some heartbreak to the one at Christmas that was chilling, a truly chilling uh, Christmas tale that was uh, that was great. Mm-hmm. They they just keep impressing, and I hope they I hope they at least get to do nine series of of this show because they just they're brilliant. Um, so that would be my other show. Uh, Movie wise, I liked Nope. I thought Nope was really good. Oh yeah. Uh, the, the I, I haven't movie. seen that, but my wife uh, ran out and saw it with my daughter and said it was great. Uh, she's a huge uh, Jordan Peele fan. Um, yeah. I've seen I've seen um, Get Out. I really liked that, um, but I haven't seen his other films. I should probably check them out because everyone tells me they're great. Yeah, so. I re- I didn't like Us. I did not. I didn't think it was bad, but I just didn't didn't do anything for me. And you know, he's someone that I'm. Uh, you know, I get excited about like, oh, he's doing Twilight Zone, and you know, that was a letdown and. Yeah, that that had its that had its ups and downs for me. Um, yeah. yeah. But it, it was okay. I mean, the the one I I remember watching one and just being like, okay, yeah, that's a, that's a good stinger, but it's not like, yeah. Um, and, and that's the problem with writing Twilight Zone. Yeah, it just it just you know I mean they you know it kind of went away then maybe it's not coming back. But so I'll watch anything he does. But I thought Nope was was really good and um you know mostly in the daylight too as a as the the story that it told and so it did a great job the cinematography was great the music was great um you know interesting story and something that's being told you know kind of differently that hasn't been told before and that's tough to do yeah um, I, but, I i um i didn't watch a lot of modern films this year uh, mainly because um of my work schedule and my love for terribleness um but i'm just trying to go through the list of stuff and and then the stuff i did see didn't wow me um and what i wanted to talk about this year is that the superhero genre didn't do anything for me this year at all 
Um, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I don't have, you know, every year we've had a superhero film on here, but not this year for me. Yeah, I'm now I'm trying to think of what what we got. I mean, I eventually saw Black Adam and that did nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, oh. Black Adam felt like a movie that I would have cheered for in 2004. Um, uh, well, yeah, when there was nothing, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but exciting. now, it, you know, we've just been exposed to so much stuff and I just don't think um, and, I, you know, this is no offense to The Rock. But I just don't feel like he sold it. Here's my problem. Um, Here's my problem okay. from the get-go. And let's say that let's say that thing was much better than it was. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is a thing that has been talked about since I believe around 2008, 2000, yeah. maybe even 2006. This has been talked about. At one point, you know, he might do Doc Savage. Because that was talked about with uh, with Shane Black, because he wanted to do that for for years, but the studio wanted to make it modern and he wanted to make it a period thing. But The Rock might have done that. But this Black Adam thing has hovered for so long, and if you look it up and you read its history, your your jaw will hit the floor. You you, you won't believe. Oh how- yeah, I, I, it's always just keeps coming, popping up, and going away. And, but it's also like the money that's been spent, the money mm-hmm. and the and the time and the and the and the writers and the. The, 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 so this movie ends up costing, I don't know, two, two, 200 million, $220 million or something, but you've already spent <laughs> like 200 million on, uh, you know, scripts and design and is it going to happen? Isn't it going to happen? Whatever. It just keeps floating around. And then when it finally happens, this is kind of what you get. And then like a month later, after you've brought Superman back a month later, they go, yeah, you know what? We change our minds. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, we're just going to wipe the slate clean and uh, forget. Let's just forget this ever happened the last 15 years that we spent on this. Actually, uh, another, 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 going back to TV, the one superhero thing I did like last year was Peacemaker. Um, Peacemaker was great. I thought that yeah, was Yeah, it was great. wonderful. Um, so yeah. I guess there was one superhero thing. Um, you know, I, I guess the, the best superhero movie I saw that year, with, and I'm sure you agree with me, is Morbius. Because that needed a movie. Yeah, fuck. I, I don't. You know what? You know what's funny is I tried to watch that twice. Why? And because I thought, well, maybe I'm too tired to get. Maybe I should just give it a try. No, I, you were I, right I, the first time. The same spot I did when Matt Smith starts running down the street like a jaguar, and I was like, okay, that's it. I'm done. Um, you with, you know me, right? You you know me that I watched that with a giant grin on my face and like enjoyed it like you know if you've ever seen the episode of the simpsons where nelson goes to see andy williams um that is that is how i felt uh because i knew it was bad i went in going this is going to be bad and i was really happy <laughs> yeah I don't, I, I don't get the same i don't get the same thrill as seeing <laughs> Freude is good i don't for mind like like getting through a bad film and going oh boy that was that was bad when it comes to more of the modern filmmaking where it's like the money that is spent on these things and from from the from the get-go you don't have it on the page and there's a couple of recent things that i won't even mention right now because i'll be on we'll be on this call for the next hour and i'll be random that uh, that um (laughs) everybody just starts falling over themselves you know for and you're going what what oh yeah 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 we 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 had that conversation what Um, the 
hell are you talking about? Um, but I was going to say, speaking of superheroes, um, unless I'm getting my years wrong, uh, the Batman came out. Yes, that that was. Um, didn't didn't that come out in 2020? March. Yeah, and okay. um, so that's a successful March. film, a critically well. And yes. I I did. I don't want to put it out there that I hated the film. I didn't. Um, but it isn't like a lot of Reeves pictures. I walk out of them and go, that was good. I don't need to watch it again. <laughs> and um, the best thing that came out of that movie for me was my daughter's Paul Dano Riddler rant impersonation. Um, uh, she's nailed that. She thought that was really great. Um, I thought that movie was great, but it, you know, I think I can epitomize what, isn't fun about it why that my recent trip to toys r us where i was greeted with a wall of um riddler catwoman and penguin figures that aren't sold you can't get batman um because they are the most untoy like comic book villains i mean literally the the penguin looks like the high school vice principal that used to give me mr sears who i hated um i just think that we kind of have boiled out the fun of it somehow and i again i thought it was a good movie well see it's funny you say that because i thought it was it it brought it right up to the line of pg-13 and violence Mm -hmm. it it knew that there were going to be kids or younger people watching this so it wasn't it wasn't logan and it wasn't the Snyder verse. You know, I don't need like, Batman shooting people and breaking their legs. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I applaud they, they, a lot they, of what they did with it. And I liked, and I, I, I if they do a sequel, I will be there. Um, I don't want to put the, it down. The, 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 whether, whether it's toyetic <laughs> or not. Oh, no. Okay. That, I mean, but I'm just saying I, it is I that much you, fun. I yeah. get what thing like like if you if you're going oh this thing's going to have a million play sets i mean it had a nice little toy. I, 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 I didn't buy a single thing but what i'm trying to say is um we are watching a movie about a guy who's dressed like a giant bat fighting you know and and we can have a little fun with it you know we, we all know it's not real i hope we all know it's not you know um but but, but my but see that again the counter to that is we we had fun with it we did no, that yeah. we, we, we let schumacher do it and we let Snyder do it, and it was goofy as hell with bad jokes and silliness. So I think that it's it's a it's a reaction to say maybe it's a little more serious and it's a little darker. And yes, it's it was probably too dark for some people and a little mm-hmm. this and of Zodiac and Seven and stuff. But you know we we got the goofy, we got yeah. Batman goofy for a long time. And no well, offense to, to Affleck or you know some of the the, the things that were there, but you know the those movies make not a lick of sense, and they're they're more they're more Schumacher. How dare you, Batman v Superman? They make not a lick of sense. And oh, you know what's even worse is when you watch it on like Blu-ray, because I own it on Blu-ray because it I became obsessed with it. Like what? Like why? And I bought it on Blu-ray, and I basically I looked at all the the deleted scenes and there's stuff in there that should not have been deleted because it's important to the story. And I just can't understand why they wouldn't just give you that so that you could go, okay, now I get it. 
You well, know? yeah, it's just, I mean, there's so many other little things that are so, and again, I, I sat through it all. I, I did it all. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. the fact that a, a Batman film was made that let Batman be a detective. And you oh, absolutely. Applause. Uh, so you know what? I, you know what? You're right. That, that Okay. I'm going to give that the best superhero movie it, of 2022. But let me just say, like, as an analogy, and I know this isn't your bag, but when, when everybody was so, you know, oh, they, they, you know, they're making sequels to the original characters from Star Wars and the sequel trilogy, and everybody was, you know, and I was like, you know what? All they have to do is be better than the prequels because yeah. all they're, they're no longer being measured by the original trilogy. People, people want that familiarity. You had yeah. your, your, your humorless prequels that had slapstick humor. When I say humorless, not just tone stone deaf, slapstick, tone deaf, and tone deaf performances. Um, but people certainly love them. But all people want to do is, can we get back to, to what it made it good in the first place? And so I think this is a reaction to what just came before. And it's yeah. closer to the animated series. It felt very like the animated series to me. With the club and with the underground and the darkness and everything. It, it gave me hope because Batman learned a lesson in it. So, yes. and, and I think you're going to see a new Batman in the next one. And I look forward to that because there's going to be, you know, one thing I know about Reeves is his characters change and grow and progress. Because yeah. I, I loved his Planet of the Apes films. I think they're great. I don't watch them often. Uh, but I still hold them in high regard. I just find them bummers. Yeah, uh, I can't take those poor monkeys getting. Yeah, yeah, it's like you know, and it's like I still like, but were they good? Did I enjoy myself in the yeah. theater? Hundred percent. Yes. Hundred percent. Um, but uh, we should probably <laughs> talk hard. about this D- Doctor Strange movie. Um, oh boy. Yeah. I think my big problem, like I like Sam Raimi. You know, I love Sam Raimi. Yeah. And it was not a terrible film, by any stretch of the imagination. But I found it was that the whole title, the multiverse of madness, I wanted a multiverse of madness. I wanted all kinds of weirdness. And um, I wasn't expecting uh, Scarlet Witch to be the villain. I hope everyone's seen that. Spoilers. Uh, Yes. (laughs) The movie came out when? It came out in April or May. It came out in May. You've seen it. and I just, I think I was let down by expectations. There well, you know, really wasn't enough. I, th- I wanted more multiverse. I'm, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Because he was first announced and the title was The Multiverse of Madness. You go, okay, okay, let me get this straight. Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange, Sam Raimi. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I want to see those Ditko pages, that acid freak Ditko unit, like craziness. This is the movie to do it. This is going to be him walking through dimensions and talking to eight headed, you know, amoebas and weird things. And, you know, if ever there was a team up where you'd go, oh, well, this is, this is the, this is a great marriage here. We're, we're going to go into, this is going to feel like going into an old school Dr. Strange comic book. And that's not what it was. That's not remotely what it was. And it was, I mean, there were there were little flourishes and little bits of weirdness. There's fun stuff in there. There's good Easter eggs. And I well, mean, it's thing, got a good cast. And the third I just, I just the, felt it was kind of, you know, on the Marvel scale, eh, middle-list somewhere, you know. And it, I felt that the, it was going to be, I just had this idea that they're going to, they're going to really throw 
spaghetti on the wall for this one and and i think they should have and i i appreciated the zombie doctor strange at the end that's a very wonderful sam Raimi touch but i really wanted it to be more about the multiverse and i felt a little let down by that and you know they're, they're to each their own but you're right. I would say the Batman is probably the best thing I saw this year with superheroes. I think there was another movie with, um, I, I can't find it on the list here, but uh, what's uh, Sylvester Stallone uh, was in a superhero movie oh, that yeah. I've largely found inoffensive and kept thinking if I saw this in the late 90s, I think it was awesome. And, um, you know, now I just was sort of like, um, oh, there was a Thor movie too. Oh my God, I forgot the Thor yeah, movie. I was gonna say, do we really need to? I will. I will say. You know what? A, a wonderful, wonderful closing act. Um, just like a Schumacher thing of like, we are gonna double down on the funny, and it just didn't. It, it needed to be that was, trimmed. That was the problem. Like, I, yeah. I, you know, it's really become this thing that has just been like the worst film ever made in the history of Mar. I don't know. Like it's Oh hell no. Have you seen not, the Eternals? Yeah, it's not great. Okay. Yeah. It's got problems. And it and the problem is you're saying, well, we turned it up to ten on the previous one. Let's turn it up to twelve on this one and everything is wacky. And that was the problem. But there were good moments in it, and it was, you know, I get why people didn't like it. I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was awful. I didn't think it was nearly as bad as people people said, or Doctor Strange. I just think they both were kind of, mm-hmm. there, there were, you know, they, they should have, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed parts of the Thor movie, and I didn't pay for it. I didn't see it in the theater, so I was, like, completely fine. I have not seen Wakanda forever because um, I just, I'm, I am sad. I... Yeah. really liked Chad McBoseman and I just was like I don't want to see a Black Panther list Black Panther movie like it just it bugs me um, and I meant that you know I didn't think Black Panther was a great movie but I thought it had an amazing likable cast yeah and um, it it overshone the predictable plot and the you know it would you you liked the people and I especially he there's a few people who have embodied a superhero you know you could talk about christopher reeves superman um you know chris evans captain america works for me on yeah. many levels and he you know i love black panther as a kid and this guy nailed it and you it, know that's yeah. what kept me away from it was the sadness like i don't want to be sad it's just it's too soon you know and and yeah, I, I, it just, it just bothered me too much. It's like, yeah, no, it's, it's like that season of news radio after Phil Hartman died. I wanted to love it, but it just, it was, I was still in mourning. Well, it just reminds you, like, for a brief moment, we sort of had all these great characters and all these great actors that were playing. Like, you just kind of went, yeah, I got no problem with any of these people being these characters I've loved since I was a kid. Yeah. And then Black Panther, you're like, oh, my God. Like, the scene in Civil War when they come oh, yeah. the tarmac and you go, my God, this is – I'm sitting in a theater looking at a comic book. Like, this mm-hmm. is like a double-page spread in a comic book. And he was so integral to th- that whole story. Yeah. He, he gave it – he gave it um, 
ground he grounded it and i really liked his performance and yeah that one bugged me um yeah now i'm just trying to pick out a few things that i found were high points because you know things like halloween ends and and all these sequels they really didn't do it for me this year um but the one that uh, really kind of surprised me and and I, i don't care I really liked the Weird Al movie. I uh, I didn't see it. Oh. I have not. Seen it. Oh, okay. I don't want to. I don't want to give it away. But okay. I, I don't. I, I should just tell you that like Weird Al has no drama in his life. He loved his parents. He's right. Not been so they decided to like throw. It's a parody of, and it should be a parody of. Of all the biopics. Yeah, the trailer the trailer was great. The trailer Yeah, was- and it reminded me a lot of Walk Hard, which is one of my favorite comedies. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just I, I've never seen I Walk the Line, but I have seen Walk Hard like fifteen times. Yeah. Um it's it's sort of like when you're a kid and people will go, Have you ever seen that movie? And I go, No, but I read the Mad magazine parody. I know the parody by heart. Yeah. <laughs> so is it like that? <laughs> I've heard Mr. Jaws on yeah. the way. In 2001, which character's name fart? <laughs> I mean, I, I will I will see it eventually. I I um yeah, I'm it's a- it's 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 not it's just good laughs. And the best part of it is some of the celebrity cameos. And he's someone that I have nothing against. I'm sure if I sat with Weird Al and talked to him, we would have a good old time. And he's a sweetheart of a of a human being. I got nothing against him. Um, I just and, and never cease to be amazed at the <laughs> if you had told me 25, 30 years ago that he was going to be bigger now than he's ever been and sell out stadium stuff, I would have said, you're insane. I would have kicked in the balls. I don't know. He used to he used to come to Canada and take over much music. And it was amazing how entertaining that was. He's very funny. He's very yeah. Like he's he's and I was I was first in line for UHF back in the 80s, and I I liked UHF. You could you couldn't see fucking Ghostbusters 2, but you found the one theater that was playing UHF. It was across the street from the. (laughs) And you we had like we had four theaters downtown when I was a kid, and there was the three really nice ones and the Marks. Was it the Marks? Canine. Yeah, no, the Marks was just, yeah, <laughs> fine, I saw Canine. Um, first date um, you're, movie. You're the one ticket, you're the one ticket for that but movie. But the Marks always played, like, everybody else would be playing, you know, a big film, and the Marks would have Born in East L.A., or Fletch Lives, or Caddyshack 2, <laughs> and Brian Hyler was there. Um I, I, I think I went to the Marks more than any other theater. And it's funny, I have a friend who's about 12 years older than me. And he was like, oh, I saw all the Hammer movies at the Marks. You know? You're like, yeah, yeah. But did you see UHF? I think he I think he might have gone with me. Um, did, you see, did you see Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, when it, when it was in the theater? I took the GO train and then the subway. Of course you did. To the Eaton Center, because the only place in Toronto that was playing it that I could get to was the Eaton Center. And yes. Did you ever see the documentary? Like that's on the you can probably find it on YouTube, but it's a documentary on like the the DVD of that. No. The the making 
It's, oh, like yeah. 90, it's like 90 minutes long. Oh, and I'm it's, in. it's really interesting. But my God, they thought <laughs> they thought that was going to be the number one movie in the country. They thought it was going to make like, you know, 25 million its opening weekend because her she was so big. She was so you know popular um, in what she was doing with the move with the monster movie stuff. And they thought it was going to be a series of, of films like a like a franchise. And they had this premiere in Westwood. And it was just when you get to that part of the documentary, it's just so sad. Like they all were so what is going on? Why is nobody? You know, we had the premiere, but like now it's open on Friday and like nobody's here. There were like four people in the theater and they couldn't figure it out. They could not figure out why it didn't work because it's a funny movie. It's a fun. It's a fun, silly movie, you know. But um, it is. Um, uh, I like the film. Yeah. I laughed my ass off in the theater when I saw it, and all my friends did too. So I don't know why it wasn't. It it, it definitely should have been. Um, it definitely should have been a bigger hit than it was. It really thudded out, and I honestly feel like it. There's there's stuff that was a hit in the 80s that shouldn't have been. Yes. And yeah. um and that, she, it, it hit at just the right time for her. Like she couldn't have been more in the zeitgeist at that time. And um and it just it just thudded. Um okay, so that's TV movies. Um Yeah, I guess everything all all at once I liked and yeah. I, I really enjoyed um um uh, I thought about it. I thought about it long and hard. It was that film I just recently watched because we were going back and forth on it on the phone the other day. Mm. Um, oh, crap. Oh, The Menu. Oh, I, yeah. I, I liked it a lot, and I kept thinking this is Vincent Price's greatest film he never made. It, it um, feels like a Vincent. Yeah. It feels yeah, like and I, I thought about it um, because a lot of movies I liked but I didn't love, like glass onion um which i know you, you you're not fond of but that's a whole episode in so, so, yes <laughs> we'll just put a cork in that bottle uh, but yeah. i really the more i think about the menu the more i was like yeah that was really good um let me just say again you know me yeah if i'm yeah. negative about something going in if it knocks me out or if i appreciate it i am not above saying I thought it was going to be bad. It was, I really enjoyed it. So it's, it's nothing to do with any personal tastes or previous uh, experiences. I'm, I, I'm not, I, I know you to be a fair guy. And uh, I think, you know, I, I feel the same way. I, I, I can admit when I'm wrong or when I like something, I just, you know, I just mentioned, I like something with Kunun. Uh, I can't say his name now, an unjolly guy. Um, I'm not a fan, but he was good in it, and I will give credit where credit's due. I couldn't wait for the next episode. And that's, a, and that's an endorsement for me to be on the lookout for it. I, I, I will probably give it a try because of that. It's, it's worth a try. I mean, it's, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of man-on-man action in it, but it's Woo! worth it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, me- the menu I thought was good. It, 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 I wanted it to be, you know, I was hoping for something more, but it was well done, and he's... Ray Fiennes is terrific. Ray Fiennes is so funny in it. And, and that, that's the thing that kills me is it's its a deadpan serious movie, but it has laughs. Yeah. And Nicholas Holt was brilliant. Oh, my God. He's so funny in it. And he's so, so obnoxious. So 
so obnoxious and so goddamn funny. And I can't believe that's the same guy from uh, Mad Max Fury Road, like uh, the lovely day guy. How about he's the kid in About a Boy? He's Come boy. on! That's Nicholas Holt, the little kid from About a Boy with um, with Hugh Grant, the um, the Nick Hornby book. And the guy hasn't really aged, has he? No, and he can do anything. He can do, he does a great American accent. He can do, you know, sexy drama. He can do, you know, Fury Road type things. Um, he's really, he's really, I wouldn't have thought that kid would be as versatile as he ended up being. He's terrific. Um, what, what else? To- uh, uh, toys. Let's talk toys. Um, because yeah. I didn't, I didn't buy many books this year. I have one book I'll recommend. It's called the bootleg Bible. Mm. And this was gifted to me by the author. Now, when I wrote rack toys, um, and I'll put a link to it because I, I, I need to talk to him again, but, um, the fellow's name, because it's not in front of me, is Ben Gore. And when I launched uh, Knockoffs, he wrote me and said, you want to trade? And the oh. back the back portion of Knockoffs was interviews with bootleg toy artists. And when I did it, I realized that, like, I only gave, like, 15, 20 pages to those guys. And I thought, man, this could have been a book on its own. Yeah. And of course, myopic Brian never realized that uh, another guy published a book just on that. <laughs> and he wrote me and he was very he's a very nice guy. And I've been meaning to plug the book, but I actually in my ADHD world, it was on my desk and then I lost it. Then I found it. Then I lost it again. Um, I'm a pain in the ass that way. So, yeah, um, <laughs> it is a wonderful book that talks about bootleg toy makers which is just an endless source of fascination for me and i highly recommend it your new, um a new semi-obsession yes yes absolutely knockoffs well they've always been my obsession since i was a little kid but um like the ones that are kind of more deliberate now too the ones that are oh know, i like that stuff because well i like it for the cleverness the ideas they put in there and when those guys were sending me stuff for the book i was giggling <laughs> and just like oh god that's funny you know because they are just like really funny jokes and you know um like somebody did the mr t mr et from that joke on the simpsons you know i pity the fool that won't phone home and you just you look at that and go like that's so meta it hurts yeah the but minutiae. i'm also laughing at it yeah <laughs> um so yeah i appreciate that but let's let's get into the the tchotchkes no but here's the thing brian oh yes i am so sorry buddy i'm gonna make an executive decision uh this is ah here we go hey everybody uh we took a quick break a five day break uh to record this episode and that's why i'm wearing a different shirt and jason got a haircut Thank you for noticing. But we're going to pick up on our best of 2022 right now. And I believe we were at toys. And I guess, you know, dolls. How dare you? No, I like that word. Are you taking doll? Are you taking dolls back? Oh, yeah. I, I man dolls. Really? Uh, you, think this is a good idea? You, you think this is a good idea? We're Since college, and I stole it from a friend of mine, because my friend always used to come into my, my place in college and say, I like to look at your man dolls. 
Well, I guess I guess it's better than figurines. The the classic Oh, there's something just kind of like harsh about figurine, like don't drink that person's tea. They're going to poison you. Um, it's just the, it's, you know, it's the, my figurines. the classic, you know, you know, aunt or grandma or someone going, well, <laughs> we can, why don't you go get one of your figurines? Like they're not, <laughs> they're not precious moments. It's an action figure. What's wrong with you? Why don't you play with your collector plates, Jason? <laughs> your Hummels. Yeah, I have a friend who says nerd hummels all the time. And while accurate, it I don't know, it lacks sort of a satirical spark because it's so true. Um, you wouldn't even call, if someone collected toy soldiers, like vintage toy soldiers, you wouldn't call those figurines. You'd call them toy, toy soldiers. Sp- yes. Yeah. Figurine is very specific, but I, I can let Mandals slip. Mandals is my favorite because right. I like to, I like a cloth. I like, I like the soft goods and I, I don't care how that sounds. I know you do. Let me t- I, and I, people. It's getting around. Lots of people are saying that about you. That's the name of the the, the bar I'm gonna open. Soft goods. Soft goods. Half off. Um. Uh. So tell me what you what you liked this 2022. Last. Well, I have to tell you that 2022 saw me spend more money on modern toys than I have before. It's not Whoa. not not more than vintage because Whoa. that's impossible. Stop yeah. The yeah, that is a record-breaking thing for you. You are it, not it is. a modern I, toy guy. Like I'm a very of a certain era toy guy. I like uh, Mego style figures. I think that's pretty obvious. Yes. Um, and then I can be enticed because I was like a child of the '70s. I like the three and three quarter a lot. Uh, and I got to tell you, this year I did not really differentiate from that much you know like uh, those are the two scales i dabbled in um but i bought a lot of stuff this year and yeah hit me okay well the the first thing i would have to give the best of the year to is uh super sevens godzilla range okay uh you know i i'm looking at a few i didn't buy them all but i picked up godzilla of course Mechagodzilla, because Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla is my favorite film, and they did Jet Jaguar. Yeah, they did. And had to have those three. And then um, I think they're coming out with like a couple other characters. Like they're going to do Gigan. I got to have Gigan. But I mean, for twenty bucks, I will buy these all day because I just I like. I never had any Godzilla toys as a kid, and other than uh, a wind-up Sparky figure, and that that weird bendy that glj made and i loved those i love godzilla and to get a three and three quarter inch you know yeah. godzilla was just like yep yep that's that's for me and, and there, just, there, there was nothing as kids i mean there was the oh, well there was the mattel the godzilla but like, how many kids could get that but like there just wasn't for something that was such a uh uh perennial on tv that we saw every other weekend and the cartoon and everything there was there was no godzilla stuff like i couldn't find anything when i was a kid um well you know i tried very hard to get my folks to buy me the the shogun godzilla they said no and uh that was it i don't think i had any other opportunities and the the minute (laughs) that i figured out that i could you know take money and put it into a money order and send it out so like the seventh or eighth grade I became addicted to like Godzilla model kits and all that stuff yeah. because I was trying to kind of 
you know, pick up that stuff I always wanted. Yeah. Yeah. No, and the, and the Super 7 one, the, the packaging is great, as always. That's fun. Yeah. The figures are great. I love the Jet Jaguar. And um, I got the glow-in-the-dark ones from Comic-Con. Cool. Uh, set of three. Um uh they're just there's just so so much fun um then the little the little mini uh mattel one you know the the redo of the um yeah the I, I i like that very much and that's that's above me but these ones where it's kind of this little universe of of 70s style godzilla figures oh yeah, yeah. chef now care. now do you have any interest in the in what mezco did do you care about i what? bought those and sold them because those are like 80 bucks a set, weren't they? Yeah, I, I bought both of those. And then I think I pre-ordered them like for a year almost. And in between that, the Super 7 stuff came out. And I was just so smitten with the Super 7 stuff that I, I sold my sets actually uh-huh. recently to a friend of mine. Um, now, because it those, was just like, meh, you know. Those are like what? Seven, five inch scale kind of like how big are those i never took them out of the box because oh, i had the super seven stuff <laughs> and I, like i said like this scratched the itch for me yeah it's they're so, kind of yeah 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 um well as long as we're talking about super seven which mm-hmm. was which was bound to come up um and i've got a smattering of things that i really enjoyed um this year. A smattering yes <laughs> a, a, a sprinkling a smear a smear of seasoning um, I picked up just before the end of the year, the Super 7 Beastie Boys intergalactic set <sighs> figures, the two, the two monsters from the video. Oh, they did the monsters, right. Cause I, I, I was hoping for a set of the beasties from that video. Yeah, they might be doing it. They did the, the sabotage ones, but yeah, they, this is really beautiful. I mean, it's like the, the robot and the, and the creature, um, but the packaging is fantastic. Yeah. Like it, you know, it look, I think it's like the, it's like the robot head on the front and you slip the set out. And it's of course, I haven't opened it because it's such a great little little scene. But that was pretty, pretty cool to see. I didn't know it was happening. And I was like, OK, now you got me for one of your music things. So um, so I picked that up and, and I've got the Godzilla ones as well. The little um, the little um, I particularly like Mothra with the little egg. Yeah, I, I didn't actually get Mothra. I'm oh. very, being very selective. Um, well, I always think that like Mothra will not be the one that will be hard to find. You know, yeah. like if if I'm at a show or you know I see it on discount because it. It was I made, can't. It was made with lead paint. <laughs> so you. It was made without Toho's permission, and they're going to yank it from shelves. <laughs> right, and and made with lead paint, so it's the jokes on you. You don't get one. Well, lead paint is delicious, but I understand. <laughs> what uh, what else did you get? Well, I have to give it to NECA this year. I didn't buy a ton of NECA product this year, although they made some neat stuff. You know, like they made the ACDC guys, and they made they made an Elton John with piano that I I ran to show my neighbor because he's like the world's biggest Elton John fan, and he bought one. Oh no, kidding! Uh, but I bought the Elvira. Oh yeah, I almost I, got that. And my daughter stole it because she likes Elvira, and I was okay. So I bought another Elvira. <laughs> uh, what a great figure. I've always, like, I, my love for Elvira is deep. And like I've said before, and, and that, um, 
that figure was like the perfect collectible I've always wanted. You know, it's Amigo scale. It's great detail, but not too much. And yeah, perfect, perfect. It perfect. almost um, it is the kind of thing, too, where you go, well, well there must have been something before. Right. Wasn't there something that was made? Maybe yeah, uh, a couple of a couple of companies have made it. Uh, Figures Toy Co. actually made one in the 90s. Oh, yeah. That's and it was, you know, it was good for the it was very 90s, you know, yeah. Um I was yeah. always hoping they would pick up the license again because they had Sven Gulli, and uh, I thought, you know, Elvira would be perfect for their new stuff. But I guess, you know, NECA got there first. And um, there was also, I think, a figure by Amok Time Toys that was, uh, you know, nice, but it was more in line with like a NECA 7-inch. Okay. And yeah. I don't I don't cotton to that, uh, that, uh, that scale, so I just passed yeah. on. But I thought it looked good. Was this back when figure the one the first one you mentioned were they doing like the Rocky Horror ones was it kind of in that line? No, I think you're thinking of um you're thinking of Flat World when they were trying to do that stuff. Oh no uh, no the, the ones not the one you talking about Charlie Flat like the the eight inch yeah yeah he he had the Rocky Horror license they never came out with them but they looked really nice. But there were ones that there were Rocky Horror figures that were made that were they were more like statues they weren't re- really like action figures but it it was like. The early days of like whatever that company was, I swear they did like a, a, a some Three Stooges ones, I think, or maybe a Cheech and Chong set that was made. Oh, I, I yeah, I barely, was. I know what you're talking about because I remember those Cheech and Chong figures. Um, I think somewhere I saw just a Cheech or something, and I was like, oh, you can't sell that. Um, yeah, no, I I I don't I'm, remember. I, I'm not a big Rocky Horror guy. No, no, me. I mean, I I dig it, and I love Tim Curry, but I, yeah. I I I recall like two or three characters being made, and I thought the Elvira was was around that time, but I might I might be getting it wrong. I almost got that Elvira. Oh, I it, it, yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be one of those things they keep making. But when I look at my collection of NECA figures, it's really oddball stuff I keep. Um, because I buy a lot of it for the show, and then when I'm done with it, sometimes I keep it and sometimes I don't. But I, I have their Snake Plissken, their, 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 uh, both their Jaws characters, and I have Bob Ross and Richard Simmons and Elvira. That is, a, that is, an, that is an interesting cocktail party. That, yeah, that, Richard, the Richard Simmons is, like, amazing. <laughs> I, uh, I got the uh, the Jaws ones, too. I think those yeah. are fantastic. I bought I bought them because I really want to put a set together and you know they may someday come to an agreement with Scheider and because um, that that prototype is amazing yeah it look great um oh but uh, you know I I didn't want to like that to happen five years down the line and then I go oh yeah now I got to get Quint and Quint's like a thousand dollars in an antique mall somewhere you know yeah yeah they're, they're, that Quint I mean they're both great I mean I've got the scuba one and the the regular Hooper and the um, the Quint, but that Quint is just—I mean, it's eerie how good that sculpt is. It's very good, yeah. yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm glad they made it. So what, um, what's next on your list? Well, I would say um, I really love the fact that Playmates has the Star Trek license again. <laughs> do, do you, okay, I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I don't give a darn. Well, um, well, let me finish. Okay. Why I'm so happy about it because. Um, Star Trek is something that's, that's, um, believe it or not, it just, as much as it's in the consciousness, I, a lot of times the merch just doesn't work. It doesn't move. I mean, we had the license for a while, 
we made some really I'm like a Spock bobblehead and things like that. But it just yeah. doesn't, you know, you know, I mean, you, I'm sure you bought like a, you know, the Migos and then the diamond one that came out of Spock and Kirk or whatever. And because it's been so many different licenses and, you know, over the years. I, but, I, I, I stick to just I've never been a fan of Playmates. Uh, anything Playmates has done, really. Uh, so I just stick to Migo when it comes to Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. I bought some of their the, the first movie stuff because I actually thought it was kind of fun. It felt like it was being made for children. And I, I something about that um, made me happy. Yeah, I just sometimes you just sometimes I don't need, you know, it to be a sculpt that looks like the NECA eight inch quint. It doesn't have to be yeah. hot boys or whatever. And sure. the fact that that Playmates has the scope of. The, the, sh- the shows and the movies and everything, uh, nothing against Next Generation or any of the other shows, just was never my my cup of tea. But the fact they made a Kirk and Spock from Wrath of Khan that are toyetic, they're not like this, you know, because those are also sculpts that are kind of hard to nail, as we've talked about many times. Like the a lot of the stuff that Diamond did um, of Shatner just, you know, doesn't quite work, the ones that they, that they made. Um, I did get the two, but that might have been the year before the two, the Rathacon Migos of Kirk and Spock. Yeah, I, 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 I have Kirk, Spock, and Khan. I love those figures. I don't, I don't love the Khan. I stopped it first. I just did something about it just does not work for me. But the two of them, this Kirk and Spock, I think are great um, figures. Even if the trousers are wrong with the boots, they're wearing slacks over shoes. Actually. <laughs> When they should be wearing their uh, trousers tucked into the boot, so that's a little, that's kind of a, a, a thing that irritates me. But anyway, they they um, they made this new line of figures, and they're somewhere in between what the Playmate stuff originally kind of looked like, and just stuff that looks more realistic. It still looks like a, a an action figure, you know, toy. Like like if these had been out in '82 when Wrath of Khan came out, I would have been all over the every character from that from that movie. So I, I dig that, but what I really love is the Enterprise. Because, oh yeah, and yeah I think okay. they, I think they redid. I think this came out in the original Playmates line from whenever they started doing the classic stuff. But I don't know how different it is. But it's like a twenty-five, twenty-eight dollar toy that is a real. Again, I've got one from Diamond from a few years back that looks like a more of like a model kit, and it got all kinds of Kirk phrases and things. It's great. But this one looks like a freaking toy. It looks like a thing that that if this is like I say, if this had been around when you know we were kids for the show, um, and you know it's got like ten lines from Shatner, and it's got photon torpedoes, and it the nacelles light up, and the the you know saucer lights up and stuff, and it looks really good on a on a stand. So I really like that. And I even got the phaser, the redo of the phaser, because I've got oh, toy phasers are a must, aren't they? Oh my God, it's just like. I've got I've got one from a while back that was I think it was rem, a remote no or a Bluetooth remote or something but it was like a high end uh, with a metal handle and it's it's gorgeous you know the thing comes out the other phaser comes out so, and it's got all these sounds and it's it's heavy and it it vibrates when you pull the trigger and it's got different things but this is like a toy this is like it looks just like the phaser but it's a toy and it's got different settings and. I just kind of I just kind of love it. So it was fun to see those things in a store on the shelf. Uh, I kind of couldn't help myself with it. No, I get that. And, and I'm, I'm a champion of toys that look like toys. Um, yeah. 
I think I think for me and playmates, the thing that's always bothered me is the proportions on the bodies. Um, it, it it hurts me as a dis- well, as a yeah, person. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the the new ones. No, they're, actually, I haven't seen them. Yeah, they're more they're like the Kirk and Spock look more. They're not. They're the packaging and a bit of the essence is reminiscent of what they did in the '90s. But the figures oh. themselves are not. They're like the, they're much sleeker and thinner. Like it's it's still a, a mass market toy, but they don't they don't look like shorter and kind of chunkier like the the Playmates ones did, and more more soft. They're more realistic looking. So there's a, there's this weird balance where they've kicked it up to a more all the sculpts, the ones that I've seen from uh, Discovery and the, the 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 Picard and the Riker. They're 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 not soft like the Playmates ones way back. And they're not quite diamond. They're somewhere sort of in between. So more... what, what I'm beginning to think is like it's sort of like when Kenner takes a classic card back, but the figure itself is not a vintage figure, right? Like it's you know it's got articulation. Like I, I yeah, buy that's... enough of these clones for the boy that I know that you know yeah. it looks vintage, but it's not. That's kind of, that's a good yeah because because yeah. now what I think now what Hasbro's doing is. They're putting out the the retro line that's like redoing the ones from the 70s or 80s, Star Wars. And then they've got the vintage collection, which is a vintage card, but the figure is much more like a gentle giant sculpt and loads of articulation and, and stuff. That's kind of that's kind of what because if you pass these in, you know, in the store, you'd go, oh, they're just they just re, re you know re-released the the Playmates figures. But that's not what they did. They made all new sculpts and all new molds for, for all the characters. But you know, there's so much cool vintage stuff that they did, like the the where no man has gone before phaser and the different uh, uh, movie phasers and the the different tricorders and the you know. So maybe they'll end up putting all that stuff out too. I don't if it works. I don't know if it's even working, but it was just kind of fun to have. Yeah, Star Trek, I, I, Star Trek seems to be a really dicey game. Um, it, it totally is because I I've been watching Mego stuff and. I mean, where I live, the Toys R Us, if you want Star Trek figures, you get Mego because there's nothing else in town. And I've watched like two or three waves of Mego come through my town and Picard and Q just sit there and sit there and sit there. And I think I was a little surprised at that. There's something about anything besides the classic characters that just it doesn't I don't I, I don't think it just the show resonates that way for I don't think the fan base is into toys. I don't think most you know, they, they some of them are obviously um, like 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 my buddy Matt Weinholt, like he he's got a bunch of the Migos and the Playmate stuff because he loves Deep Space Nine and, and stuff like that. But um it's just it's just a different thing. I don't I don't know why that is, but I think the classic stuff does the best. So I'm hoping that they they keep this going with the classic series, because that's what we wanted to do. Like if we did Biff Bang Pow at one point had uh, the Big Bang Theory, uh, which was a big convoluted thing, how that sort of happened. But we ended up making the characters, you know, four inch figures of the characters in Starfleet uniforms. I remember that. Yeah. And they were great because there were loads of articulation, accessories and stuff. And we were just begging, please give us 
the 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 you know because we already had Star Trek like let us do these for Star Trek like no someone else has the I forget who had it at that point um, maybe it was McFarlane or something I forget because um, McFarlane had it too McFarlane had Star Trek this is like three four five years ago they put out uh, a Picard and a Kirk and that's it that's the most they got out when they had the license they were going to put out a phaser from Discovery that that got canceled. So there was another there was another company, too. Like I can't remember um, in between all of that, like the Star Trek license after Playmates gave it up. They had Art Asylum had it. Yeah. And then very briefly, oh God, there was a company trying to do like this um, Gene Roddenberry and Shatner on a chair scenario. I don't know if they got oh, it done. Yeah. yeah, I remember that now. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that was, though. It was like the, you know, there was a lot of Toy Fair. <laughs> Toy Fair magazine would give all this ballyhoo. Yeah. And then half this stuff wouldn't come out. Yeah. Yeah. It. Um, well, I know that. Um, uh, like the Art Asylum, they, they, they. I think when they got the deal, they wanted classic, and and Paramount whatever said, well, you can, but you have to start with Enterprise, which was the <laughs> the Scott Bakula thing, and they. Everybody la- loves Enterprise. Well, they launched with that, and it just didn't go anywhere because the show was kind of new and whatever they made a phaser and i'm not sure they even got to the classic show or not before it went to somebody else and been all over the place you know it's um but even when we had it with the stuff that we did it just you know we you know was it last year no it must have been this year no maybe it was a few years ago whenever the 25th anniversary generation was um we we were like telling it like let's do something at the at the entertainment earth booth let's have some casual paramount did nothing no no celebrating no nothing no talent down there whatever um it's just it's just weird it's odd so i hope they for me if they just did a bunch of the you know the the original series and the films and made these little figures these you know four and a half five inch figures whatever they are um i'd get them all because they're they're oh they made a con as well and the con comes with a little you know pincers with the little bowl of worms or the little things that yeah, i don't know i never know what to do with those accessories uh yeah i just uh you know if i if i put it on a shelf i just um I put them in, in his little hand his yeah little hand. i just always like here's some extra plastic throw it out i don't know <laughs> we just all agree that it's can we be done with the extra sets of hands thing? oh yeah what the f- there, there's a freaking hand right now on my desk and i don't know where it goes there is a landfill somewhere that's just nothing but extra hands for for these figures. That does anybody swap? Don't you pick the two ones you want the most, or that's going to hold the things or whatever? And then what do you do with the rest of them? Do you do people change these every week? You want the hand that holds the gun. Yes. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I've I've had people um, on my channel. Like say, oh, the back of the card sucks, and it's like, yeah, I'm always looking at that. You know, the, <laughs> the thing well, that faces the wall. Yes, yes. Yeah, but it's also the, the with the extra hands thing. I go, you know, if this is a, cho- a choice between two extra sets of hands, or an extra accessory or two, or a dollar off, or a dollar off, can we just avoid the extra hands? Nobody wants these things. You know, nobody nobody cares. I mean, sometimes even the extra head, you go, really? Do I really want the screaming version of Corporal? <laughs> My Richard Simmons has two heads. He has one face. 
yes, that was a. Dis- I saw that figure in the wild, and I found it disturbing. So I. Oh, could- it's it's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I get the joke, but. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Poor Richard. Nobody. Knows you know what's him. really funny is that there were some people I knew that like got all like offended by that toy, and really? it's yeah, it was weird, and it's like no, you're wrong. It's amazing. It's hilarious. It, listen, whatever you think of Richard Simmons, he he was. He was one of a kind. I mean, he's still around, but he was he was something. He, yeah. And he 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 was that guy for 30 some years. Yeah. He never yeah. really broke character. He never really broke character. You know, <laughs> he and, is the uh, tiny Tim of our generation. Yes. But but more fit. He's in better in better shape. Um, what else did you get? Because I know that's not it for you for toys. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, the other thing that and I, I left this to the end because it's pretty duh, <clears throat> obvious is, um, you know, Mego did a lot of cool stuff this year. And um, the thing, though, I have to focus on because I'm, you know, I'm hip with the kids is the Planet of the Apes stuff. <laughs> right, because that is the license for for the decade. Yeah. The yeah. The yeah. yeah. Uh, well, they went. And I mean, I, I said in one of my YouTube videos recently that I'm content, but then, you know, a friend of mine, John, reminded me that uh, we don't have a Paul Williams as Virgil. First and off, you will never be content. With, this you, is not true. Oh, my God. You if they make a planet of the if they make every character, you are going to get them. I, I don't believe. Yeah, gonna, but I don't I don't sit there and go what's next no you're not making a list and you're like yeah no i'm just really? going like i'm grateful for everything you make i mean where's the john houston one the, oh, the, the lawgiver yeah. where's he okay i'd buy it but that's that goes that's that's just beside the point they made um the mutant from beneath the planet of the apes yes this year uh and they also if you <laughs> ordered it through tops um, you could get the the really disgusting one. Yes. And uh, they also made uh, Taylor and Brent, and those were just, you know, chef's kiss to me. Uh, I, I've always loved astronauts on Planet of the Apes, and uh, yes, they're, they're very very exciting for me. Very good. Year. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is one of those mutants Victor Buono? No, we didn't get that lucky. Oh, so but he is one of them, or no? He is one of them. He is one of them. Did, yeah, he is one of them, as is um, Natalie Trundy, who was um, Arthur P. Jacobs' wife. And the um, she was Lisa in the next or the last two films. OK, I'm going to go on record on the show as saying if they make Victor Buono. I will get that figure. If they make now, the- figures, toy company made Victor Buono. They did. Yeah, they made a King Tut. Oh, they made a King Tut. I always forget he was King Tut. He could do anything. Let's be honest. Well. I mean, he was <laughs> King Tut. I, I think I think he would, you know. Miguelito Loveless. Uh, yeah. Not Loveless, and he wasn't Loveless. What was he? Loveless was the dwarf. Was the Loveless was the was the the little person. Um, Wano's character. I forget. I didn't really like Wild Wild West. Um, you're a you're a fool. Then, yeah, sure. If only for Victor Buono. Um, okay, the King Tut, yeah, if he, they make him as the mutant, because that's a better look for him, because he doesn't have the beard. I will get that Victor Bono mutant and put him in a suit. No, what I, what I need is for Biff Bang Pow to get the Man from Atlantis license. 
or and who's for who's afraid of Virginia? I don't know. Uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane? So we hey, whatever happened to Baby Jane actually might sell in some sort of weird oh my Barbie God. doll it would situation. <laughs> like my, I would have to have one. Man from Atlantis would be the man from Atlantis, and that would that would probably no 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 the man from Atlantis and Mr. Schubert, and that's Victor Bloner. Yeah, yeah. So I could see it, Man from Atlantis, because you'd want him in, because he did wear clothing sometimes in the show, didn't he? He what? wore, um, yeah, he wore a little, a little, uh, like, you know, one of those Adidas suit jackets. Yeah, so he wasn't always in his little briefs. Yeah, he, he yeah, yeah, but he also wore that with his briefs. Yeah, because you, could, you it, could, the different outfits and the briefs, you got three figures right there. Neatest well, shades. License pays for itself. Boom. Well, if you if you spend all the money and make the set a station playset, you know, which would only cost you about hundred grand in molds. Speaking of playsets, um, I saw a commercial on Twitter for the Space 1999 like command center thing. Oh yeah, I have that. that. Yeah. Oh my God, what what a cool playset for 1975 or whatever it was. It's it's a playset. It's got electronic. Lights and sounds. I think it has sounds. Mm-hmm. It ran no, on, it has no sounds. It has no sounds. So only lights. Probably ran on 4D batteries. In the it's actually of- just a blinking, like, um, what you would call, like, a, a, a train bulb or the same thing you get in a pinball machine. You know, one of those yeah. blinky lights? Yeah. That's yeah, all it so, is. But it came with the three figures. Like, yeah. Like, it, the commercial was like, you know, playset comes with this and, you know, Dr. Sones. Him and her. Holy cow! That's a great. It was. It was. Uh, it was the um, deluxe set that came with the figures. You could also ah, get it Sans. I see. Uh, I actually own the deluxe set, and all it is is just they put a sticker on the box. But um, uh, anyway, it was a. It was a. It was a cool commercial. But it's funny going back to what you said about Migos and and your you know Toys R Us um, that you have there. You still have you, you lucky pup. Uh, I don't. I do not see Migos in the wild, ever. And the there was a time there where I saw. You know, the Cheers ones, maybe a, a Charlie's Angel and, um, you know, uh, the occasional uh, Picard or whatever. But it was just one little peg at Target at a couple different Targets. And and but that was a long time ago. Like, I just don't you know, when you post those pictures of like, look at the like none of that, unless you go to like uh, the trick or treat, whatever it's called, store in uh, in, Bur- in Burbank, that's all toys and Halloween type stuff. Um just don't you just oh don't i've heard of that, that store yeah <laughs> yeah it's great but you just don't you don't see that you don't you don't find that in the wild um okay so i'll give you one more for toys sure. um back at comic-con um there's a company called what are they called here haya h-i-h-i-y-a haya toys okay uh, i think they're out of uh japan no china shanghai i don't i don't know who they are this haya but they have done four inch figures for alien like the alien films and and uh, all different types of alien uh, xenomorph the predator ones um that's kind of how i knew what who they were because i've seen those at comic shops mm-hmm. um but at comic-con they had a, a two-pack for judge dread of these four inch figures of judge dread and judge death in uh black and white painting uh so it was in a two-pack and i got that uh, at comic-con but then they started releasing you know a full action figure range and i think they're doing um uh, another different dread figure with with his bike so so far they've had um uh judge dread um 
Judge Fire, Judge Death, I think is a separate figure. Judge Judy. Judge Mortis, Judge Judy. Judge Wapner. And Judge, um, oh, what's the other judge? Brian Hall. The the other guy, Judge Giants, Judge Giants. Um, But they're really nice. Like, like even, you know, the, the, the it's a, that's a very underserviced uh, uh, brand. You don't, totally you know, you, you occasionally one time somebody will get a, a judge. Um, um, <clears throat> you'll get a judge dread figure from somebody. That's about it. You had you had the ones that were done. I want to say it was like a 2000 AD line that was done. A long time ago, um, and I forget who put it out, but there were a few different characters. It was like it, they made a Strontium Dog one, I think, or the guy from Joe. What's his name from Strontium Dog? That that dude. Um, but that was a long time ago. And then there were, of course, the little mini figures that were done when the movie came out. Didn't Mattel do mini figures of the the little mini figures to tie into the film, but they were comic based uh, little mini figs. And then Mezco did uh, a couple of different Judge Dreads, and they did the bike, which is one of the coolest things they've ever made, that freaking bike that, that you ended up getting for me, um, that makes sounds and lights up, and it's got its own figure and stuff. But to have a, a, a full, you know, four-inch figure range for these characters um, is, is really cool, and they're really, really nicely done. Uh, really yeah. cool packaging. Um, so you can find them, and, I, you know, I think they're on, like, you can find them on Amazon and stuff, but they're usually at comic shops. They're like 18 bucks a piece. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, but I really, I really, I really liked uh, that someone was doing that. So um, and the variety, because they didn't really get that far with the other lines, that they're doing all these different judges, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. So yeah, I got to look into that. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'd like Judge Dredd, but I don't need toys of it. But they may do something I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. They're just they're good looking figures. Nice color schemes with the green and the blue and the, the gold. They're nice. Hmm. Very nice. Yeah. Did we, I know we went over movie. Did we talk about Nope? We did, didn't we? You did. Yeah, you mentioned it. I haven't seen it. So uh, I don't know why I haven't seen it. Um, I think because they went to see it at the theater and I was busy that day. But um, yeah, no, I've heard good things. Yeah. Um, do you want to do any books that you want to um, talk about? Or well, we talked about the one book, the bootleg Bible that I got, but um, <clears throat> hasn't been a big year for reading for me because of um, all the stuff I'm printing, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I, I haven't really looked around and, and seen what's out there and I've probably missed some really good stuff. So if listeners want to tell me some cool, you know, pop culture books that came out this year that I might enjoy, uh, I would love to hear those suggestions. Well, I'm glad you asked. Because, oh, all right. Um, first off, the Quentin Tarantino book, Cinema Speculation. Oh, yeah. Actually, you just uncorked something I'll talk about later. But is that good? I, I looked at that. It's great. It's yeah. it's it's really great. And, you know, um, it's, it's completely in his voice. Like, yeah. you know, even to the point of you go, oof, maybe the editor could have said, hey, do you really want to? put that in that article that that paragraph but um uh, <laughs> you know he has this he, ha, he has a he has a memory like like you and i like i'm reading it going what is wrong there's something wrong with this guy like he, well I, I knew that he knows but... every movie he's seen wh- what age he was when he saw it um who took him uh, you know but you get to the end of each the, these sometimes he goes well these are the ones i saw this year and it's like everything he didn't just see 
you know, Shaft, he saw everything, everything in the in the vein of Shaft, you know, just every every black exploitation type thing or every like like and he was like you know eight nine years old going to these things and you know he, he at one point he's living with his mother and uh two other women that are that all they work at the same place uh and he's a 10 year old kid and then there's this kind of semi-boyfriend of her her mom's that named floyd that would come by and say hey we'll go on saturday i'll take you to the movies and wanted once or twice he took him to the movies and then he always stood quentin up but he could always talk about movies with this guy and the, the laser precision memory he has in this book um, is really something like it's just like like it needed to get out. Well, yeah. And it's just like, my God, how do you remember? First off, what were you doing seeing Deliverance at, you know, nine years old with your mom? <laughs> yeah. you know, so there's shit like that. And you're going, what the fuck? Really? You know, uh, but then he just you see this kid develop where he's aware of what's coming out. And so there's a lot of that. But within there, like each chapter is kind of this one's about Dirty Harry. This one's about Bullet. This one's about, you know, whatever. And he he goes into great detail about the making of the film and how it came about and how long it took McQueen to commit to making it and, and so on. Um it's really good. It's really well done. So um, I, I just plowed right through it. It was. Um, yeah, it was I, you just brought up the thought and I didn't realize it because I got it as an audio book. Um, but I got the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood book this year. And, and that, that's a trip, too. Did you read it? I, I, well, I listened to it. Uh, oh, I was okay. going to I think I think that was uh, the trip to PowerCon. Mm. And that's like a seven hour drive for me. And I remember actually being kind of upset when it ended. Did he because, read it? No, it's read by um, uh, Vic Morrow's daughter, Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh, nice. Okay. And uh, she does a great job. And the thing I really loved and appreciated about that was he did it like the way that a lot of things get. You know, you, you see a movie and then you, you read the book and the book has freaking nothing to do. Yeah with the, with the movie itself yeah. and it's a slightly just, different story it's a it's slightly, a slightly different, different story yeah and, and it's all like it's it's there the the bones of it are there but it's like he wrote a very good book that people liked and a screenwriter went oh we gotta punch this up it you know yeah, what we gotta it's, have him fight manson that's exactly yeah. what you're, you're thinking when you're reading you're like yeah you know, there's one there's one towards the beginning that's um, the scene that's at Musso and Frank is different at the beginning. He does it in the office. So, he's yeah, at Pacino's office, uh, 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 Schwarz, Mr. Schwarz's office, instead of being at Musso's where where uh, where Cliff is uh, hanging out at the bar. Yeah. Um, so it's it's weird. It's it's a it's a really interesting like I hope that. When, when he finishes directing, I hope because he, he also let slip in some uh, podcast that he's written eight episodes of a TV series hmm. that um, he didn't give any details on what it's about or who's. But looking it's at about it. a podiatrist. But yeah, it's uh, it's about a guy working in a video store. Yeah. Um, but I hope he continues to write because he's he's got a great voice uh, with 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 both of those. Yeah, um, it, it was it was um, there were points in that book where I was sitting there like, OK, I get it cliff is your avatar with the movies yeah. you know but um you get over that and it i really enjoyed uh the 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 insight into you know rick's life and and i didn't want it to end he said that 
he he had Brad Pitt read some of the Cliff Booth stuff from the book, but particularly the part that goes into what may or may not have happened with his wife. <laughs> Um, let him read that before he fully committed to um, to, to the film. I mean, Pitt was probably going to do it anyway, but he said that's what got him to go, okay, I know who this guy is. Like, I'm in 100%. So he he let him read that before it got it got published, before they made the film. But uh, but if you like him and you like his voice, um, he, he's, he's something. He's really had an amazing uh, career. Yeah, no, uh, I'm going to have to check that book out. I do want to read it. And the other one that's, is book of the year in my universe. Garth Marenghi came out of cobwebs. Oh, you picked this up, yeah. Yes, I've got Garth Marenghi's Terror Tome, three terrifying new tales from the master of horror. Um, I've got a signed copy from Garth, and uh, and it's great. That's all I'll say. It's just, it's insane and ridiculous, and if you're, you can't help but read it in his voice as you're reading these stories. <laughs> It's completely Garth Marenghi's. Book. Every once in a while, I revisit Dark Place because it's just something you can't describe. Yeah, I mean, it is so, uh, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> you get into it, it's it's a vanity project. I told and, you, and it's and it, they they nailed it before you know The Office did it or you know it, it just. Yeah. My God, I think that even predates the room. Oh and, yeah, and, and I love, I love the the show, Garth Marenghi's Art Place. Yeah, I love Garth Marenghi. I love the character. Like if you gave me anything with just the character, such, week to week, he's yeah. such. Have you ever seen Man to Man with Dean? Oh Lerner? yeah, with Dean Lerner. Yeah, I, I like that show. It, it's really meta though. Like here's oh, so here's meta. here's the thing that was a blip on the radar. Yeah. And it has a spin-off in its own universe. <laughs> and you're just like, how does this happen? You know, like But uh, you know, but that good. first episode of Man to Man, Garth is the guest. He's the first guest. And of course, you know, Ma- Matthew Holness plays all six of the guests throughout the, the series, different characters. And it's fuck, it's a weird show and it's same sense of humor, but that first one when he gets Garth on. Um, and there's one where like, <laughs> I think that's this, maybe it's the same episode where they get the other guy that, or maybe it's a different, no, it's a different episode where wholeness is playing the actor who played a character, like a Spock like character in a, in this, one of the sci-fi shows that Garth wrote. And, um, and he comes out and they, they do a, a package where like, well, I went to, you know, collector con over the weekend and here's what happened. And the, the footage of him at this collector con as this character is beyond cringe. It's so weird. And if, if anybody's listening that has, if you know Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, find Man to Man with Dean Lerner. I think all the episodes are on YouTube. I think uh, they are, yeah. You, you will not be sorry. Just even for Dean Lerner himself, who um, it's just a fabulous construction. Built his fortune on, on porn, porno mag books. <laughs> it's just like the worst actor ever. It's so great. So great. So great. So I recommend the book. If you can, I don't know where it's, I don't know if it's available like on Amazon or anything, but I ordered mine from Waterstones. They have like a, a limited number of signs. Where, where's, where, what does Matthew Holness do? Because you see him pop up so infrequently. Yeah, I know. I think that too. Like, why aren't you, 
you know, why aren't you like like on the same level as all the people that you you came up with? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I know he's done a lot of writing and sort of, you know, punching things up on shows that uh, could be. He is he's a very good writer and I know I think the last time I saw him was on that that Year of the Rabbit show. Yes, he shows up which I just started rewatching. It's funny you say that. Because I was just thinking, I gotta rewatch this again. Because I, I love the Elephant Man in there, the John Merrick guy. Oh my god, that, yeah, that's again another very fringy but insanely fun show. Yeah, because I didn't. I finally got to Tinseltown, um, uh, Toast in Tinseltown. Yeah, uh, which I probably should revisit because it just did not grab me. It just, I just went. Yeah, some of the magic is kind of. Is this what's happening now where everybody that kind of knows about it wants to be in it and it becomes something different? And um, I don't know. I'll have to watch it again. But Year of the Rabbit is is really something. It's just such a weird and it moves so fast. Like the jokes are so swift. And and um, Barry, I think, is, is hilarious in it. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're um, a particular brand of comedy, those fellas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, those would be my, my book. I think that's. That might be my 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 pick of of books. I think I might think of another one. But you go ahead. What's the other category? Sex toys. What do we usually do every year? We don't do sex toys. Oh, we um, don't. No, no. Um, I'm just trying to think of what we do do. We do books. We sometimes do magazines. Okay. Um, I you know I don't have anything new. I still buy Shock Cinema every year. Or every every time it's out, and that's that's about it right now for me. Uh, have you picked up any new mags? I tend to occasionally still get like Empire. I get Mojo, you know, depending on who's on the cover. But with Empire, it's become so thin. It's just it's funny. Uh, a while back, Amoeba, you know, you'll go to the, towards the back, and they'll have these boxes of like, you know, concert programs or magazine, you know, old magazine stuff. And there was like this like a dozen old issues of Q magazine, the British music magazine. And some of them I could just point to and go, oh my God, I, I remember this one. You know, I remember this one. And I grabbed like six or seven. They were like a buck a piece. Um, and it, it's like a, it's like a mini phone book. These magazines are so, <laughs> yeah, you know, and the, and the print is so, I remember when I used to get those, when I first found it and, you know, as a teenager and everything, and you just like, my God, I've never seen so much information in one issue of a magazine. And then that's what empire became thick, you know, thing filled with movie information and stuff. And that was the internet, you know, I, that's how I learned about so many bands and stuff that came before and, and so on. And, you know, um, and now you compare the, some of these magazines, they're just, they're just paper thin. There's like nothing in these, in these British magazines anymore. Um, and I pick up infinity now and then I don't pick it up every month. I've had to kind of put the brake on because it's such a great magazine, but I realize that, you know, each one, ha you know, there's a, there's a good chunk of articles that I go, you know, I'm just, I don't, I don't, don't know if I need six pages on Diana Doors. I don't think I, you know, I'm, I, I don't need to really uh, dig into that article. So I've kind of, she was you know, really I, hot. I see a cover, maybe I see, oh, there's three or four of them. I better get this. Um, and, but that's about it. That's about it for, for magazines. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I, because I print my own. Uh, that's the last thing I want to look at at the end of the day is another magazine. So I haven't really picked up a lot. And I, you know, I just kind of, I'm the same with you and infinity. I still like it, but I pick my battles and, and look at the content a little more this nowadays. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's, um, 
because I suddenly was going through some stuff <laughs> and I found this this basket over in the corner. You know, it's like, oh, there's I remember there's some books in there. I should go through those. And when I lifted one off, I'm like, oh, my God, there's 15 issues of infinity in this basket. And there's, you know, 10 in a thing on the shelf. Like I'm saving all these infinity mags. Um, we're all going to die, people. Just remember. And, Dude. Sorry. Sorry. I have a house load of catalogs. Sorry. Uh, didn't mean to didn't mean to bring it my up. kids will be chucking into a dumpster that they have to pay for. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I mean, I was talking to everyone else that's listening, not you. <laughs> I apologize. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, but yeah, that's uh it's some pretty good stuff, you know. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. What? Let's let's end on this. What are you looking forward to this year? World peace. Okay. Uh, and I guess those jetpacks we've always hoped for. The jetpacks, I'm hoping. Um, uh, what am I looking for? There was a there was a TV series that I saw previewed that looked really good. Now I can't remember what it is. Um, I am, of course, looking forward to Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Because when that trailer hit, I'm like, okay, finally we we get something <clears throat> because of my love uh, of the character. And um, I think it looks really good and everything. I've loved everything that uh, James Mangold has done. Jez Butterworth is a great writer. Um, so I'm very curious and interested to see what happens. And along with that, Hasbro is putting out new Indiana Jones stuff, which is running the gamut from, I think they recycled a, a toy whip that came out you know, back when Crystal Skull came out, they're putting out like a 12 inch talking figure that's mass market, but they're doing, you know, six inch um, Star Wars black uh, style versions of characters from the movies, which they've never done really. They, you know, the Disneyland had the two different versions of Indiana Jones that, that came out at different times, but they haven't really done this. And, um, you know, I'd probably love to get all of them, but um, I'll probably have to pick and choose that that's, that's, that's finally happening. So those look kind of cool. Um, and um, I never got them last year, but I think if I'm reading my emails correctly, the uh, the set of prisoner action figures that uh, were a Kickstarter, mm -hmm. those uh, I believe may be on their way. Or I didn't get all of them. I got some of them. Um, and so I'm uh, very curious to, to get those. Um, and as far as like movies and, and um and TV and stuff. I just, uh, you know, it's it's funny. Sometimes something just a uh, trailer just pops and you go, oh yeah, I forgot they were they were doing totally. That. Yeah, I I really haven't been keeping track. Yeah, so uh, I don't know offhand. Um, I know. Oh, you know what? Oppenheimer, the um, the Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, that I think is going to be amazing. The cast looks incredible. Like just everyone who's anyone is in this this movie. But it's a fascinating story. And I like uh, Murphy a lot. Uh, Chilean, 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 Chilean Murphy. It's Chilean, Chilean. Murphy. Yeah. Chilean. Um, so that I'm looking forward to. Um, but that's all I can think of. That's yeah. I, I got a couple. I, I like. I, I'm. I loved the first two Guardians movies. Third one looks like it's gonna make you cry more. Uh, yeah. Um. I'm in for that. I, I really want to see the sh new Shazam movie because I like the last one. Um, the Flash. I'm really curious to see the Flash movie. Um, yeah. And Cocaine Bear. I would very much like to see that as well. Cocaine Bear. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
I am kind of curious about the um, the Renfield. I was just going to say that. Um, yeah, yeah Nicholas the, Holt and Nicholas Cage, right? Yeah, Holt is uh, Holt is wonderful, and Cage. Well, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, um, I, I watched a movie recently where he's in like a evil Chuck E. Cheese. Oh he, yeah, he never says one word throughout the whole film. That's what I heard. It's like yeah. And I'm like, okay, because, you know, I loved Mandy. Um, yeah. And I really liked, um, oh, that's another one I'd throw in the pile, maybe of fun stuff last year, was the, um, what was it called? The Unbearable Weight of Talent? Or yes. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah. I, I, I never finished it, but I enjoyed what I was watching. It just got too late. It was great. And my only complaint would be, uh, and I'm not giving anything away, uh, but A, there's deleted stuff. That was really great um, because he talks about in the cabinet of Dr. Calgary in, in the early part of the film. And they did a riff on that with the other cage, the younger cage. Um, and it didn't make it into the film. And I wish it had. Mm. Uh, and then just. I wanted more from from cage like they 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 you they gave you this delicious thing of the alter ego sort of thing. Um and I kind of wish they'd gone further, but maybe they'll do another one. I don't know, because I think it really took people by surprise. Um, yeah, I, I was uh, I was thinking he was a genius. Uh, that, that he, he took this script like, yes, you know, yeah, it's just like being John Malkovich. Yeah, it was. Um, that's a great story. I forget how it goes, but they kept like, you know, if we write this thing, we're really this is really hinging on him saying yes. Like, if yeah this who's our substitute and eventually it got to him and he he got on board so um i'm curious to see what the renfield thing does uh for him because he's you know he'll and i watched another one because he does these you know these these i don't know where they're being made or how much he's getting paid to do them but like that chucky one there was one where he's like in a wasteland it's like a japanese kind of thing but he's in some futuristic wasteland and they attach explosives to his testicles that he has to go do this mission and save someone. And it's just, you get about 35 minutes in and you're going, I don't think I can do this. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I love you, Nick, but what the, you know, what? Uh, the I, I am married to a woman who would watch just anything he does, especially science fiction or post-apocalyptic. She just, well, because she, every, she buys what he's selling. It's not like she's in love with him, but. Like, did you she, see Pig? Did I see what? No, I didn't. I, I don't. I, I didn't even finish Mandy. He's, um, he, oh, you didn't finish Mandy. No, uh, I'm not into that. Uh, I don't even know what you'd call that kind of horror, but it's. Um, uh, I don't want to get into it. It's, it's just not a thing for me. Like he did one called Pig, where he was a former. I heard. Yeah, he's like in love with his pig died, and he can't get over it or something. Well, he's like, yeah, he's got this truffle pig, and but he used to be a shepherd, but he's he's fantastic in it. Like I he heard just, that. Yeah. And then he'll turn around and do like the explosives on his testicles thing, and you're like, what? The, what are you doing, man? So I think he can still be surprising in stuff, and I, I wish, um, you know. So I'm I'm curious about the Renfield thing to see how that. Uh, oh, and speaking of uh, cabinets. Um, I really liked the uh, Guillermo del Toro uh, cabinet of um, curiosities, uh, the horror yeah. series. Did we talk about that? We didn't talk about that. We did didn't we? talk about that. Yeah, I thought that was really good. I thought some of them, some of them were okay, and some were really good, and then there's a few that were I thought were fantastic. So I hope that gets to continue. I um, 
I, I haven't checked it out yet, but I will because my buddy worked on it. Oh, yeah, you should. You definitely should then. I also, the, the thing is, like, finding these things sometimes drives you crazy, right? Like, um, yeah, that's true. Uh, my friend Rob directed a documentary or edited a documentary this year called, um, oh, I better get that right now. It's the um, Dave Stevens documentary. Oh, I just I just um, watched the trailer the other day. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's uh, let me just get the plug out, because if you're a fan of um, the Rocketeer, Drawn to Perfection, Dave Stevens, Drawn, Drawn to Perfection. Perfection. And I, I would have watched it by now, but I I haven't been able to find a, a reliable source yet. And that is the modern, you know, um, problem with this stuff. It It is. First off, you have to go you know, is it streaming somewhere? And so you Google like, you know, blah, blah, movie stream, you know, find out where it is or do I rent it? And then sometimes it's, you just can't find it. Like there's, um, you know, certain series that you just can't find. Um, and then when it comes to the Apple plus stuff, like I don't see any of that cause I don't have an Apple TV and you know, I've got one of the, yeah. TV, I think like a Roku and shit. So yeah, it's getting yeah. <clears throat> more and more complicated to, uh, to find stuff. But, um, yeah, and, and and David David's uh, documentary, I, I couldn't even find a place to pay for it. Uh, oh, in Search sure. of Darkness Three. Yeah, I think over here it's like a six dollar rental. You can rent it or buy it through Voodoo, I think maybe. Yeah, we don't have that here. Yeah. Um, I would love to watch it because it looked great. Yeah. I love, I, I love the first two, um, so I'm still trying to find that. And, you know, it, it's. Yeah, you know, it's modern problems, I guess. Yeah, yeah, modern geek problems. That's true. Yeah, we used to be able to drive to the video store and it would be out, and that would be our big problem. Can I? Can you put me on the list, please? I'd yeah, like could to... you call me if they return it early? Also, um, what are you guys going to do with that poster when it comes down? Oh, yeah, can I have that standee? <laughs> can I have the sting, the sting bring on the night? cardboard standee are you guys going to keep that or what are you going to do you throw it out can I just put my name and number on the back and you guys call you me? just you just reminded me of like every video store in this area would either try to give away or sell the posters you know like for 50 cents <clears throat> yeah and i got some doozies out of those boxes and sometimes you know people like this was a time sometimes where it didn't necessarily mean a new marketing campaign with a new poster that was just for home video. Sometimes they got like leftover movie posters. Yeah. From yeah, theater yeah. To put up to promote whatever it was. And they would give the, I used to have a ton of that stuff, you know, from, and music, music stores too, like big promotional posters for whatever album, like, um, guys going to throw that out when it comes down. Well, it's not going to come down for like a month or two. Yeah. That's cool. But if I can put my name on it, oh, that'd be great. And then you get a yeah, Jason. There's a Peter Gabriel poster here for you. So yeah, those are the good old days. Free posters, and all the ladies loved it. Yeah, yeah. I well, I uh, I've probably joked about it, but I used to have a little breakfast nook in one of my apartments, mm-hmm. and my big poster of Juliana Hatfield. Oh yeah. Yeah. See that? So you know what? decade i was talking about <laughs> they look at that and go this guy's sensitive and he likes to party at the same time that's right that's let's, right let's see where this goes yeah and he's too young to have a breakfast nook 
<laughs> why does he why is he wearing a cardigan? What is going yeah. on? <laughs> uh, well, there you go. There's a there's yeah. a episode and a half. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. It's basically two different two different days, two different opinions. Yeah, it was a cliffhanger. Was we left it? A cliffhanger, and then we we came back for part two. Well, if we hadn't have actually tipped our hat. I wasn't my idea. I could have just got well, back. I like to break the fourth wall. You clearly have an agenda to ruin everyone's dreams by telling the truth. That's it. That's me. I figured <laughs> it out. <laughs> well, there you go. That's uh, that's magic. Let us know what you think. What were your favorite things of the year? What did you yeah, like? What what's did... your highlights? What did we miss? Who knows? Who's your favorite? Me or Brian? Who would win oh, in a let's, fight? Let's, let's not do that. Gorn. Brian or the Gorn? Well, is the Gorn the same guy who played the Gorn in the 60s? Because I think I could take him. Yeah, it's the same guy. He's still wearing Okay, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. He's still still wearing that outfit to shows, I think. Oh, jeez. He should stop. Uh, let, us, let us know what you think. And we will be back sooner than later, we promise. We, yeah. Um, um, life life uh, finds a way. Stay tuned for our special Valentine's Day episode. Yes, the most romantic sci-fi films ever made. <laughs> uh, or we could do like romantic Doctor Who episodes. Oh, this could be a whole thing. The doomed romances in horror. Films. The doomed romances. Yeah, right. <laughs> All these kids wanted to do was get laid. The dates gone wrong in horror films. This Valentine's Day on Pod Stallions. <laughs> Every date goes wrong in a horror movie. <laughs> There's uh well you know what I'm looking forward to now that we now that we're kind of wrapping it up and you mentioned Doctor Who. Yeah. Not by um I I will watch and I am excited to see David Tennant play the Doctor again. Oh, that you is, know what? I wanted to is, mention that and we just got sidetracked. Yeah, totally. Um that is something to be excited about. I I'm just I'm just I was not a fan of Chris Chibnall. Mm-hmm. So, um uh, to see someone else sitting and Russell T Davies, you know, I, uh, I obviously have a lot of respect for him and I hope he's got a plan, but um, I'm just looking forward to a refreshing up of the doctor. And, you yeah. know, that's the beauty of the whole show. If you don't like, you know, an era, it's, you can wait and then hopefully it'll come back. I'm, I'm hoping for good stories. I want good stories. Like, like I know Moffat wasn't perfect by all means. But when I go back to the Capaldi stuff that he wrote and the best of the Matt Smith stuff, it's like, just give, I want some great stories and just like adventure. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm curious to see what Davis does because I, I think he, he may have turned a corner sort of not in a good way. Um, you know, you saw the regeneration, I take it, or you've heard yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, if you'll notice for the first time in the show's history, the doctor regenerated, but not in the same outfit. Yeah, no, he's well, wait a minute though. No. The doctor did regenerate. Patrick Troughton regenerated with his clothes on. Um Patrick Troughton regenerated with Hartnell's clothes on. I thought he I thought he woke up in his clothes. I don't think so. I'm almost a hundred percent. And then Wow, to the library. I, yeah, I, I, I think I think he, he was wearing the same threads because they were so confused as to who he is and like the clothes didn't fit and whatever. But then I know when Perchwee fell out, he's wearing Troughton's 
stuff. Oh, yeah. No, that one I know. Yeah. yeah. Everybody else. Um, and then he does this. And I'll let you, everyone, look up the reasoning why. But I think it's absolutely preposterous. But that kind of like, come on. You really? Like, just. That's I, I think that might be a ruse. Uh, it could be. It could be. And I, and I hope that it is. I, I really, really hope that it is. Because yeah, I, I, I honestly, you know, Russell T. Davies is very cheeky with the press. And I think when he's got something to hide, he gets cheekier. It could and, be. And he was really smart mouthed uh, about that. Like, oh, maybe I planned it or maybe it's this way or, you know, and it's just like, OK, he's. Yes, it could he's be. got something like, you know, he's using the excuse that he's saying. And I was like, eh. I don't know if, if I believe that uh, because for just I have a couple of reasons, but I think that's a cover for story points. And I'm OK with that. I don't, I don't care either way. It could, um, we'll see. I just I'm just, you know, I'm hoping for the best with this with this show and just yeah, me too. And um, hopefully, I mean, it'd be great. I think we'll probably get some other surprises, too, that nobody's nobody's. And talking. I can do this. Oh, this is going to feel good. Actually, the first regeneration when William Hartnell was replaced by Patrick Troughton, he was wearing a new outfit right away. Well, nobody saw so it. it's canon, sir. Saw it. It didn't exist. It was lost forever. In the well, movie. I can tell you right now, the Russell Peter. D. Davies didn't check. Well, you know what? It, did. Even the excuse that he gave, even if it's a ruse, it's it's a it's a, like a legitimate excuse from him, and that just kind of like, come on, is this where we're going now with everything with the show? And no, I I think I honestly think that's that's bull plop, and he's we'll see, just, we'll yeah. see, well I'll bet you fifty cents that it's not. It's a bet. All right, um, that's fifty cents American, right? That's fifty cents American. Oh right, I'm no cheapskate. I can almost get a coke. I'm um, um, well there you go. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to shout out two Blu-rays I got this year so that we can make the world's longest episode. Go, go. Uh, Synapsis Films released Tombs of the Blind Dead, a um, absolutely beautiful version. Of, I think I bought the Steelbook. Um, it's a movie I really enjoy, and there's never really been a good version of it, and this is like chef's kiss. And the other one is... Um, I just got it recently, and I can't get over how many um, features and stuff there is on it. And that is uh, the Werewolf versus the Vampire Woman with Paul Nashi. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Paul Nashi, but I'm a huge fan of his work. And there was a really fantastic Blu-ray released by. I don't. I don't really follow companies. I just follow movies. Oh, it was. It was Vinegar Syndrome. <laughs> I was going to say, um, Syndrome. It was Paul Nashi. Yeah. Well, no, Shout does a lot of Paul Nashi stuff, too. But uh, really enjoyed it. Really fantastic uh, uh, copy and all these different versions. And, you know, they, they include the really nudie version, which I didn't know existed and, mm -hmm. you know, didn't, didn't need to see, but something different. Um, really interesting. Those Those are the two that I would super applaud this year all right yeah excellent um nothing off the top of my head i think I, I think maybe last year i talked about the alan moore film called the show yeah i think you did yeah okay. yeah so that because i just rewatched that recently but if i didn't mention it i'm mentioning it again that it's a fun 
It is worth your 90 minutes to look it up, to find the movie called The Show, written by Alan Moore. Um, and um, it's great. It's really wonderful. Just a fun, you know, it, it just feels like, a, you know, an older Alan Moore uh, writing, like how he used to write. Uh, oh, and Moon Age Daydream, the David Bowie documentary. I cannot oh, yeah, right, right. I haven't checked that out yet. Can't recommend it enough. I'm a little biased, but there you go. Well, that's, it's okay to be biased. You're a fan. Yeah. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks. Uh, like we said, we uh, hope to hear your input, and uh, we will be back very, very soon. Thanks, everyone. Happy 23. All right. Fantastic.